We are six feet apart. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got you. <laughs> On the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, quarantine style, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are here in the quarantined section of the mansion. Uh, the only people that have uh, graced this part of the mansion since this epidemic has, no, pandemic, 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 sorry, yeah. I, I, I gave it too much power, has started, has been yourself and me, Big Ugly. How you doing, man? It's good to be six feet apart from you. Yeah, man, you too. Uh, it's good to see, you know, people and to remember that, that, yeah, <laughs> that the world is not just zombies and everything. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, it's been good. Um, you know, still working. I know a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, have lost their jobs over over yeah. this pandemic. Um, but, Shout out you know, to all those yeah. folks, man. So, um, but yeah, I've just been working from home and... Uh, yeah, man. I've been watching a lot of wrestling. Hey. Literally, because I, I don't know if you know, I got the at bat. You got that. And so, yeah, so oh, it's like right. after a while, it's like, you know, there's not really any movies on Netflix I haven't seen. And so I've just been like on the network watching a lot of wrestling. Like, I pretty much have gone through probably like the last nine WrestleManias. Like, I've just been watching like a bunch of wrestling. You've been catching up on that period that you talk that, about that you have yeah, missed out exactly. on every time we come up in the podcast exactly. and we say, that's great, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. And the network has so much content and they just keep building, building every day. Um, and I think they're putting, I'm sure they're putting highlights of, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, everything that they're putting on television still. Um, so that's great. I'm glad, man. So uh, I'm interested to hear, you know, what you've been seeing, what you've been thinking, what should we talk about. Um, obviously, the last time we talked on the podcast was about maybe three, four weeks ago. Yeah. Roughly. Um, and, you know, a lot has happened in this world. A lot has happened. Um, we're still going through the pandemic. Um, it, it's not great, but, you know, there's things out there to get the country back open, to get the state back open, you know, and we're trying to do it. You know, Vince McMahon being on Donald Trump's task force to reopen the country. Hey, you know, he's one of the biggest leaders in the world. So uh, maybe maybe this is all just, uh, you know, a wrestling storyline. You know, it's it's all a storyline. It's it's going to it's gonna turn around. It's going to pay off eventually. So... Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I've been talking to a lot of our uh, past podcast interviewees uh, in between that, you know, just been catching up with people on Facebook, online, and everything like that. So today we're going to see if we can hit up some of these people and see how they're all doing during the pandemic. So uh, if you have any ideas of any of our past 80, because this is episode 81, 81. 81 on the way to 100, and nothing's stopping us, yeah, not no. even the pandemic. <laughs> um, so if you got any ideas, let me know. I'll, I'll hit them out. We got some social media here, and uh, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a call. Of course, you know we're gonna talk about WrestleMania, the biggest WrestleMania in history, bit too big for one night, um, and the uh, lowest attended WrestleMania in history. <laughs> um, so you know we were all there, eighty thousand strong the year before in New York in the epicenter of this whole damn thing. I keep thinking about that. We were right there in the middle of this whole thing, and now one year later. Look what we're doing. Yeah. Man. Um, so, yeah, WrestleMania, we could talk about, uh, you know, there was talk of UFC being on a private island. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you thought about that. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Uh, but that, that didn't pan out, though. Didn't pan out. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Dana, Dana White, uh, the idea didn't pan out. But, uh, you know, they're talking about shortening the hockey seasons and the baseball and the basketball and everything. Um there's been a lot of other stuff going on in between. You know, uh, the XFL has declared bankru bankruptcy, and it is done. Damn, I can't. You know, we'll get into that. Um, 
you know, and if you've been quarantined, you've been doing a lot of stuff like watching Netflix like you were talking about. So I don't know if you watched The Tiger King yet. I've seen uh, a good portion of it. Um, yeah, I have seen. I haven't sat through and watched it all, but I'm on like I think episode like four, three or four. You're about halfway through. But I've I know the ending. Like I, I mean, you can't not like people are talking about it on Facebook like right. all the time. It's so, like yeah. the number one topic in the world to talk about yeah. right now. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Shout out to our Deer Park Water because they're still producing. <laughs> Limit one per customer. By the way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Tiger King, uh, you know, Money in the Bank, unfortunately, we were all going to go to that, and it was going to be too sweet, and now it's going to be climbing the corporate ladder. We're going to talk about that shortly, and I'm sure the next time we come back, uh, we'll talk results of that, but this is going to be completely different, cinematic movie style. Um, we'll see. A couple, couple uh, you know, a couple things have happened. Howard Finkel, the age of 69, man, he... Uh, he's one of the reasons I got to be a ring announcer in the, in the business. That's just so sad. Uh, I know he was deteriorating there for a little while, but yeah. uh, he was still out and about. You know, WWF's first employee, uh, Hall of Famer. You know. I didn't know that. So he was WWF's first official employee. Yeah. That's so wild, man. They, they are making a big deal. Because like, a lot of them were independent contractors. You know, they right. weren't, were, they don't have, there was no real contract back then. It was like, okay, you're going to get X amount of money to do this show. And then if you keep going, you're going to get X amount of money here. But there was no guarantee contracts. And I think right. uh, Howard Finkel was the first one that they actually had on there <clears> doing that. Man. So, uh, yeah, the Fink, that was, that's, that's terrible, man. Uh, Brian Dennehy, even, you know, from so much tough movies and television and Tommy Boy and Rambo and all, he, you know, he passed yeah. away too. Yeah. Uh, 80-some years old, I think he was. Uh, but there's other things going on in the world. Like I said, there, there's plenty of TV to watch. There's, you know, people are cooking a lot more, hopefully at home. I'm, I'm using the microwave like a moth. Yeah, I've actually, yeah, man, my chef skills have gone through the roof recently. <laughs> have they? I, yeah, man, I, I've become like, I'm, I'm on this wave where I've just been like watching all these different these different like recipes and then I'm, I'm like making stuff at home so it's, it's actually been fun like I don't know cooking is like therapeutic that's in good a sense. yeah so and, and it's like you're working towards it you know you're cooking something you're enjoying the process it's creative and then you yeah. get to it and then you get to eat it exactly which is great and then yeah. others get to eat it you know yeah. the family it's like instant gratification there you go yeah. I love it I mean, I'm, I'm, I can tell you, I'm supporting the the businesses that are still open for carry out and takeout. Um, I'm glad. <laughs> I, well, I'm just saying, I'm glad these places are still open because you know most of their business, if they have any dining rooms or wait staff or anything like, most of their business has cut down, have cut back. Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy that you know some of these places still get to stay open. And I've been going through the menus, man, and been you know supporting the local businesses and. Uh, just trying to, you know, still eat healthy and everything like that and, and saving leftovers and doing stuff. But, you know, one day, you know, this big plan that they got to turn the country around um, is going to, we're going to reopen gradually. And it's going to happen, you know, it's going to, there's no way to get rid of this thing. So we just have to protect against it and, you know, hopefully treat it. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I just got, I just got a text message from a uh, damn Jam and Jason here. Uh, big ugly Jam and Jason who's been down and out for quite a while he said give me about 5 or 10 minutes to turn on the laptop and then he will try to start a video chat via Facebook I think it will appear the ID to have a messenger on my phone so he's going to be calling in shortly alright Jammin Jason man and I'm glad he's still doing what he's doing yeah um so there's a lot to talk about also we didn't talk about go ahead a, a lot of WWE employees got <sighs> laid off man a lot of them lost their jobs 
I mean, and some big names actually, in right? There that we gotta talk about. We do, uh, and uh, you know, normally WWE goes through their spring cleaning, but this is to the extreme because they they don't have fans coming in the arenas, they don't have the revenue being generated. Correct. You know what I mean? Right. So, and they don't have the ability to to travel all these people back and forth and have all these big masses of people backstage or wherever they're trying to do stuff from the performance center or whatever. Wow. Um, yeah, we're gonna talk about that, and we're gonna get into it with a couple of guys here, uh, including one. Who is, uh, you know, lives not too far away from the mansion. However, uh, he is quarantining himself, keeping himself safe. Uh, he is the uh, hashtag, no hashtag, the king of uh, social distancing, as it were, at this point. And there he is, CM Funk. We were just calling you your, your new nickname, the king of social distancing. Thank you. Yes, yes. That, that is I, and I'm sitting in my uh, my palatial garden estate. Uh, <laughs> the garden keeping estate, more, keeping more than six feet away from everybody. So <laughs> you just get you just gave up on me just calling it the garden because I just kept calling it the estate. So now we've just combined the names, haven't you? Yeah, I figured what the heck. Besides, it sounds even uh, more you know exciting. It does. The garden estates, so. and yeah. and that's hashtag GE Garden Estates. There you go. So Bring that's great. To life. <laughs> there you go. We've uh, myself and a big ugly here, six feet apart. We have just been uh, starting our eighty-first episode of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Wow. It was a good year. Um, <laughs> you know, Bob Backlund was the WWF champion, and uh, you know, it, it was a good year. I was four years old at that point in time. Ah, very nice. So very nice. I was only th- I was only three. Yeah, so. you you were one year behind me. I, I think yeah. you're you're going to continue that trend unless you found some sort of uh, you know uh, potion out there while you've been there. No, 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 no such luck. Okay, so all right, so uh, big ugly. We've been talking about my, my actually we just talked about right before um, we called CM Funk here. Talked about all of the layoffs happening in the world of professional wrestling. So big ugly. What are the names that uh, come prominently to mind when you heard about this recently? Um, I think the first couple of names that come. Obviously, number one is Rusev. Yeah, that was a big one that I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Um, another one who isn't a wrestler, but Mike Kyoto. Wow, who, yes. senior yes. ref official, been there since they said 1989, I believe. Yeah, um, maybe. And, and I did not see that coming. Um, Leo Rush, yeah, who had just recently had a run as the cruiserweight champion mm-hmm. and um, had a run on main cha- uh, main steering with main- Bobby Lashley exactly. and all that. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, uh, I think some other names were Sarah Logan was another one I didn't see coming. Yep. Because um, she was just in the uh, Elimination Chamber match. She was. Yeah. Yeah. She, she was getting a somewhat push. So, right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, the couple more names. Uh, Zach you know, Ryder, man. Zach Ryder, Kurt Hawkins. Um, no way, Jose. Oh, no way, man. Uh, <laughs> that one. I'll be honest, I forgot he was even on the roster anyway, so... <laughs> oh, uh, Drake, uh, Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick, Maverick, and they're turning that whole thing into a storyline because they're now recording li- or doing live NXT with the Cruiserweight Tournament, and they're yeah. turning this hall into a storyline. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Cool. <laughs> he right is. He was the first one to send out a tweet. Ver, ver, you know, I, I saw his video. Uh, he was like very emotional. Very so, emotional. Yeah. And it looks like Hunter or somebody looked at that and said, man, that's money. Why, what are we doing? So we're going to turn this whole thing into a storyline and then maybe they'll just lay him off or whatever they're going to do. But, they, you know, they they should probably bring him back. That was pretty smart on his part. Yeah. Uh, or just a happy accident. I don't know. Yeah, but. I, I, th- I think some of them still have like the 90-day no-compete. So I think they're probably... 
going to use some of them for at least those 90 days. Yeah. You know? And that's that's another thing I was thinking, the mass exodus over to AEW, but what are you going to do in AEW? They're doing the same thing WWE is. They're putting on one show a week from a disclosed location with limited staff. Um, and limited, limited revenue coming in, too. Yeah. Oh, man. Limited revenue. Well, I, I tell you, it's... Uh, and a couple of other names that are on there. Mike well, Mike Kyoto, he needs to... Uh, it doesn't matter about the gut now, so he's just going to have to <laughs> fill it up with uh, beer and food, and it don't matter now. But... um. Wow, I mean, Kurt Angle, who's become a, a made, made uh, yeah. agent in the backstage area, yeah. uh, who I actually had the opportunity to ring announce, and I got his career back going in the WWE because that's what I do with all of them. <laughs> uh, <and laughs> Kurt Angle, I mean, uh, and, and uh, Anderson and Gallows, like they were just a part of that uh, huge yeah, boneyard match. Yeah, man, yeah. Uh, and I mean, what the heck? Uh, like, And they're the greatest tag team in the world. You know, as of the last Saudi Arabia show, I that is true. I um, forgot about that. I th- here's what I think: some of these people are coming back when 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 this thing is done, and we get a few months into WWE. It's going to take a little bit because yeah, I don't think WWE is going to go back to doing the numbers in arenas that they were because there's still going to be people scared to you know come out. But I would say by this time next year or maybe later, we're going to see some of these people. Uh, that they let go start coming back in hmm. and I think that Anderson and Gallows could be one of them because I mean when they're with AJ and they're, they're the club they're, they're great that is, that's awesome yeah, yeah. It, it's great yeah yeah, and so I see think him. Rusev is definitely coming back. Well, absolutely. Well, Lana is. Uh, well, that's his actual wife. You know, still trying to pull this Bobby Lashley thing off, which is ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> uh, CM Funk. What do you think about all these uh, all these names getting released and why they're getting released? And is is it a money thing? Is it a is it a revenue thing? Is it the spring cleaning that they usually do? What do you think? I was. I think it's. I think it's a little bit of all that. I think it, it was an opportunity for them to lay people off and you know use the pandemic as kind of. I don't want to say an excuse, but as a reason. Um, you know. So. Uh, yeah, not not unexpected. I mean, most of the names that got laid off or or, or furloughed or whatever they're calling it, um, mm-hmm. you know, were people that weren't even you know on TV anyway. So it's like, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I don't think for some of them, but the people like you know Drake Maverick and Sarah Logan, you know, or the the um, Gallows and Anderson, like, I mean, they were regular performers basically yeah. at this point, you know. So it was like it was a little little odd that they got rid of them. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Sarah Logan thing. I think it's interesting that she got name dropped like crazy on Monday Night Raw this past Monday. Yeah, just a couple days after getting released. Right. So, so I got a feeling they might be bringing her back. You know, or they they realize maybe they they made some errors in some of them, or they're just trying to create storylines. I don't know. But. Yeah, I read that on the dirt sheets. Uh, one of the dirt sheets I was reading did say that there was talk backstage that they were telling they were specifically saying Sarah Logan is going to be brought back, and they're kind of just telling her to like hold tight you know um yeah but that she would be coming back yeah it's it's amazing how you know we we look at this business and we look at it when there's fans in the arenas and we, we look and say you know we do the armchair quarterbacking and we're, we're talking on the podcast 80 81 times you know what's this what's that you know and this is actual real life stuff i mean oh and uh looks like uh hang on just a second here cm funk i got a we got another call coming in i think jim and jason is here Can't, hang oh on one gosh. second let's uh let's try this hang on hold and accept let's try that Jam and Jason, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Holy crap. Jam and Jason in the house. What's going on, man? Not too much. Not too much. 
How you doing? Oh, doing all right, man. Doing all right. Let me see if I can accept this as uh, you, you're trying to do this through the Facebook video thing. Let's see if I can accept it on there. Let's see if we can get you on. Because it, okay. it came came through the phone here. Uh, let me try this. It's all technology, man. That's, that's what all this is. But before we uh, t tap and see to share the video, let's see if we can do that. It's, it's asking me to tap and see to share the video, but I don't know how this is working. Jam and Jason, what the heck? How you doing? How you feeling, man? Oh, doing pretty good. Oh, there. Oh, there it is. Oh, there's Jam and Jason. Look at him. He's right there. He's right there. Can you hear us? Can you see us? I can see the mic. You can see the mic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Big Ugly's right over there. That's Every pretty day. awesome. I'm right here, Jam and Jason. What's going on, man? I'm gonna, we're gonna sit you right here on the table, um, you know, to check it out. So uh, you you are still alive and kicking during this pandemic. How are you feeling? How's the family? What's up? Family's doing great. They're over their moms, busy with school. It's it's just crazy with schoolwork. They're pretty much busier now than they were before. <laughs> That's that's great, man. Um, and we we appreciate you taking some time out to hang out with us. And uh, big ugly, we just been uh, we just been talking here. We trying to keep people entertained during the pandemic. Um, big ugly, I mean, it's been a while since you have seen Jam and Jason. How I you know, feeling, man? man? Yeah, it's been a minute, Jam and Jason. What's going on, yeah, man? I, yeah, it's been it's been forever. It seems. I know. <laughs> had, had some health health issues to take care of in February, and then. As soon as I got back up and running and got back to work, I was back to work for about one to two weeks, and then that's when this whole and that's when it hit. That's when all this hit. Yeah, so, man. So yeah, I like, know it. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a crazy year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been. Yeah. Been a crazy year, especially for you. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, you know, making sure, can, you know, thinking about you all the time. Like, man, Jam and Jason's in the comic book business, and I don't know if they're deeming that essential or not. But it's like, man, Jam and Jason just 2020 has uh, not started off real well, but it's going to end real well because this is all going to lift up, and uh, we're still going to go see Fozzie, man. We're still going to yeah. go see Fozzie. Um, when does Fozzie? When is Fozzie? Fozzie's me? supposed to be at the end of August. Oh, okay. Uh, now, yeah. so that should be enough, and then uh, the soundstage is a, a small enough venue to where they can distance each other and we got the VIP so we'll be distanced anyway yes <laughs> so that's what we do uh, so Jam and Jason uh, we've been talking we were talking about all the releases going on with WWE how they usually do their spring cleaning but now the pandemic is uh, jumping all over everything we talked about a bunch of names Rusev Big Ugly you yeah. brought up and Sarah Logan and Anderson and Gallows Kurt Angle Mike Chioda um, have you been following a little bit of this uh, pro wrestling all the all the cuts that have been made and everything that's going on what you what you been watching man yeah, I've been watching a little bit, Raw on and off, SmackDown on and off, and um, AEW, I usually fall a couple days behind, and I get caught up over the weekend, so um, I haven't watched the current episode yet that aired Wednesday, but okay. yeah, I've been, trying to, I've been trying to keep up, and I was surprised at a couple of the cuts, I'd say 95% of them did not surprise me, because most of them weren't even being used on TV, mm -hmm. they were just sitting at home, but I was surprised about a couple, I was surprised about the Rusev. Yeah, because he was kind of in. You know that storyline was finishing up, and I was wondering what's next. I was like, "It's time to, you know, have this guy chase after the U.S. title or Intercontinental title or one of those mid-level titles." Right. It's time. It's time to spruce him up. Bring back Aiden English because with him, you know, that was another name that was on that list. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And he's a, he's a, he's one that I don't think will come back. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I know there we were talking to, to CM Funk here, um, you know, the king of social distancing, and uh, he was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, we were talking to him about, um, 
you, you know, it's just why this is all happening. It's a lot of revenue. It's a lot of spring cleaning. It's a lot of, you know, but, you know, as time goes on, you know, some of these people could come back and now they're even turning some of this into storylines now. Drake Maverick, uh, yeah. you know, found out he got released on a text message and then he put up a Twitter video and then Triple H saw it and it's like, you know, okay, well, let, let's turn this into a storyline and let's see what happens let's see how well he performs and uh he's in the cruiserweight tournament on tournament on nxt and they're using this whole thing as a storyline it's just amazing uh, um and uh big ugly's been watching a whole lot of wrestling you know got the network back and uh you know been taking the downtime with the pandemic so uh that's awesome but uh the jam and jason when we got you in here i wanted to um throw this one out we haven't we only mentioned this once so far big ugly the xfl um, the second time in its existence looked like it was doing okay. It's cursed, man. Um, and then five weeks into the season, they got to shut the whole thing down. And then just a week or two ago, they declared bankruptcy on the XFL. What are your thoughts and feelings about that, Jam and Jason? Because we've gone through this twice now. Yeah, I, I think this time, as you know, ugly said, they, they're just cursed. I mean, I, I really think this this could have been somewhat successful. Maybe lasted two seasons, mm-hmm. you know, maybe. but. With this whole you know pandemic thing and the virus thing, it was just cursed. And in a new league, uh, you, there's no money. If you, people can't come out, they don't have the ticket sales, any kind of TV revenue or anything. They're, they're getting nothing, nothing. So with the whole situation, I'm not surprised that they went bankrupt. But it's it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. I, I actually think I actually think they had a chance of potentially going for the long haul. I think the reception for this XFL has been pretty decent in a sense of people were taking it seriously you know uh, obviously they weren't doing no nfl numbers but and, and i did read a report that says you know that their uh that their ticket sales and stuff was declining a bit you know even before um the uh oh hold, hold on one sec we got cm funk calling <laughs> we're gonna get hey, all four of us C- back on the thing cm funk what's going on man hey big ugly how's it going <laughs> <laughs> all right we got cm funk calling in on the other line and let's see if we can get the speaker near there um, CM Funk, testing, say something. Something. <laughs> can you hear him? Yeah. Okay. Something. 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 Let me turn, see if I can turn that. Oh, the volume's all the way up. Well, fantastic. CM Funk and, and Jam and Jason, you guys are on Facebook video and, uh, and the Big Ugly's phone. Yeah, and we're all back together in, in the yeah. same podcast. Jam and Jason, how's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Doing fine. Doing fine, sir. All right, you guys can hear each other. We can see Jam and Jason, and even though we don't have the video feed or here we on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio, yeah. <laughs> Jam and Jason worked it in there, so that's great, man, because he's sitting right here with us because he's looking at the microphone just like we are. So that's great. Um, so, so go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. So I, I was saying uh, that with the XFL, I really think that it, it, with another year or two, I think that they really could have started bringing in like some better football players. That were that was going to make the game even more exciting, and mm-hmm. I think that people would have really caught on to this idea of having football in the off season, and I, I really think it could have lasted. But uh, this, it, it's cursed. It's, it's, it's not, yeah, yeah. I mean, who knew a couple of years ago when they tried to do this thing again that this pandemic would you know I didn't I didn't yeah. know when we were all going to the elimination chamber that this pandemic was going to shut down the whole world. I yeah. had no idea. But uh, CM Funk, what do you think about the XFL? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Sorry, is that too... That's probably too soon. Too soon? No, never too soon. We're never too soon for those jokes. Wow, there's no way out. I mean, oh, God, it's just going to... I'm just going to keep going. Um... 
Man, so what do you think about the XFL, CM Funk? Um, you know, not shocked. Um, much of what you guys were probably talking about, it seems like it's just snake bitten, um, you know, from 2001 on. So uh, I, I, I did see one of the uh, players from the XFL got drafted uh, over the weekend. Really? You know, in the NFL draft. Uh, yeah, forgot who it was and what team, but <laughs> I'm sure if people really cared enough, they could Google search that and find it but um, All right. yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of interesting that they did have at least one player uh, getting drafted which pretty cool how about that Jam and Jason did you watch Wrestlemania I did too big for one night did you watch both nights yes all right. So uh, instead of going through the results of all 15 matches, I mean, if you want results, go to the WWE.com. We'll, we'll kind of go through them as we talk about. But what was your biggest takeaway from WrestleMania, Jam and Jason? Biggest takeaway? I missed the crowd. I appreciate what they did, though. It was, it was, it was quite entertaining. And the um, Boneyard match, wow, I, I really enjoyed that. That really shocked me. Yeah, we yeah were, that was like the highlight of WrestleMania, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were just talking about that, too, with Anderson and Gallows being on the cut list of the uh, superstars. But that Boneyard match, uh, you know, it gave relevancy to everybody and everything that was going on. It was very well shot. It was very well done. Um, and, you know, who knows now? You know, AJ's hand was sticking out of the grave. So where is he? Is he going to come back? I mean, they couldn't call it a buried alive match, but we knew somebody was getting buried. Um and uh, that that was good. So you you appreciate what they did, Jam and Jason. So you, you they they followed through with their plan. They brought WrestleMania. What do you think about the eighty thousand people that were supposed to be in that stadium? What do you think about the hundreds of thousands of people that were supposed to going through Tampa Bay that whole week? Um, how does that affect the business itself? It, it affects it big time because there were a lot of com- other you know promotions had. Uh, matches scheduled. A lot of things got pretty much everything got canceled. There was supposed to be a big wrestling convention down there that got canceled. Yeah, and you know it's a big impact on all the individual promotions, including WWE. That's probably why the cut list was a little bigger. They didn't have all the revenue from WrestleMania this year. Yeah, um, and it's, it was it's, you know it affects wrestlers' personal lives. So you know the independents, the indie guys. It, it, it's big. It's big, and I don't think we can go through this again with another WrestleMania. So. <laughs> Yeah. Tires needs to go away. And we, you know, we need to get this under control. We do. And uh, Big Ugly, I mean, it's. I'm just thinking about uh, next year, the stadium, the SoFi Stadium where it's supposed to be. It's not even done being built yet. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, and they were supposed to be starting events there this summer when everything got postponed and canceled. And who knows if they're still building the stadium in the offseason. How essential is that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely right. That's the other thing. I mean, <laughs> hey, but WWE is pretty good at pivoting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if they need to pivot because the stadium isn't being built, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And given what has happened, I think that if WWE has to pivot, you're going to have so many cities that will want them to come just based off of the devastation that happened the year prior. Yeah. You know, that they will want them to host. They all going to want that revenue. Right. They're going to want that <laughs> revenue, that tourism <laughs> revenue. Exactly. And there's nothing to say that Tampa Bay couldn't do it again in the stadium that they were supposed to do it in the first right. time. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that that's the whole reason why Florida allowed WWE to be a central personnel is so that Tampa Bay would get it again in the next two years or so. 
And how about that, the WWE being deemed as essential? Um, I, I, I mean, I under I don't know if that's Vince pivoting or if that's just you know entertainment on television when both people are watching television. I, it's not a ratings ploy because you know people are going to be watching TV anyway. So how does that? Uh, Big Ugly, I'm going to start with you. WWE is essential. Is it? Yes or no? Um, it's not essential. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It is not essential. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I understand how they tried to swing it. I, I think I, I think I read the reason uh, from you know the Tampa Bay officials like why it was essential, but it, it, it is absolutely not essential. But okay, <laughs> Jam and Jason, essential or not essential? Not essential, but I'm glad they're still running. That. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly I, I, what I, I, I just no said. Argument, yeah, <laughs> like uh, Big Ugly saying he's been watching the network, so a lot of stuff on the network. There's years and years and years of compilations of stuff that you can watch, but we're still getting current recent entertainment and CM Funk uh, you know Big Ugly said it as well you know WWE is good at pivoting they did not lose a step when this whole thing started they went down to smaller arenas then they went down to no arenas but they didn't miss a show they did not miss a show um, so essential or not essential what do you think about that CM Funk I, I, I think it's going to be a consensus here I'm going to go with uh, not essential <laughs> uh, you know, I, I mean yes is it, is it awesome that they're Yeah, and uh, as far as deeming the WWE essential, I don't know. I'm glad it's still here. I, I don't understand it either because there are literally hundreds and thousands of people, Jim and Jason, you included, where, where the small business and the small business owner and the small business worker, you know, can't, you know, work right now and, and can't really even work from home a lot. But, uh, you know, the WWE can and they can still go out there and they can still provide and they can make money. So I, I don't know about essential. I'm just glad it's there, uh, but I'm glad the network is there. We can also we can all still watch the network. That's what they should have done: given a break on the people in the network, especially for WrestleMania, not just the one month free. You know, just like let's let's give it free to everybody while this whole thing is going on. They have been providing some content. They can't afford to do it though. <laughs> no, they can't afford to make many moves um, at this point in time. So. Uh, Wow, I mean, it's just been crazy. So WrestleMania, Jam and Jason about the Boneyard match. What about the uh, Firefly Funhouse match? Did you enjoy that? Uh, I liked it as a segment. Uh, I thought it was really neat. It was really quirky. It was cool. I just wanted to see maybe a minute or two of fighting actually in the Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> I wanted somebody's head to go through the TV. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity. You can film this. Nobody can really get hurt. It could just be like a stunt in a movie. And yeah. That was my only, only little disappointment. Other than that, I thought it was kind of quirky and weird and different. It was a great segment. I wouldn't call it a match. Yeah. I agree. And the nostalgia from everything that happened. I mean, I was was thinking about you, Jam and Jason, when all the NWO stuff came up. And I was like, we've been through 20 years of this. Um, 20, 25 years of this whole thing. And it's like, man, we can relate to everything that's in it. Not really a match. That's right. Um... But, and I'm going to present this to the table uh, as before we talk about WrestleMania. So right now, Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend, is in a program with Braun Strowman uh, for the WWE Universal Championship, I guess it is. That's the one he has now? Yes. Um, and they're going back to the whole Wyatt family thing because that's where Bray, Braun Strowman used to be. I want to throw this out to opinions first. Uh, CM Funk, what do you think about this whole thing? 
bit on the uh, Firefly Funhouse match. Go ahead. So, John Cena's best work since last WrestleMania. Just, just <laughs> John Cena's only work since last WrestleMania, pretty much. Therefore, therefore his best work. <laughs> how, how I played it. Um, anyway, uh, just first comment. Um, as far as the whole Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt thing, I mean, it, it seems like it should be a pretty easy build and story, you know, seeing how they have... Uh, and I'm using air quotes for those that can see me at home. Um, <laughs> they, they have history, but at the same time, they don't really have history because, like, they never really did a whole lot with Braun Strowman in the in there, and he just got drafted to Raw. Yeah, you know, and that's how it ended. So, like, to me, there's like no real story there. Like, they're trying to play it up on uh, TV, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. So. Big Ugly, what do you think? I mean, oh, go ahead, Jamie Jason, go ahead. Well, I, think, I mean, yeah, they don't have much history, but I'm kind of glad they're actually playing up some of the history because how many times through the years does, does the WWE just, or WWF even back in the day forget the history totally and yeah. cross reference yeah. stuff. So I kind of like that aspect about the Bray Wyatt character. Everything kind of goes off of something that happened in the past to him. And it, that's just kind of cool. I like that part of it. It's nice because Bray Wyatt's been around a lot longer than we want to think he has been. I mean, it's been almost eight years now he's been in that company. Um, so, uh, Big Ugly, I know we have a, do we have a transitional champion here in Braun Strowman? I mean, there was a squash at WrestleMania when Goldberg went down, and there's a whole lot of apparently backstage controversy with that. Um, but now it's just jumped right back into Bray Wyatt, who lost the title to Goldberg in Saudi Arabia, really in a squash match, if you want to think about it. Yeah, I think you, uh, so going off of what, so my thoughts on the, the storyline, yeah. you know, I agree with CM Funk that there isn't a whole lot of story there as Braun Strowman kind of really came in at the tail end of the height of the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. And it, he never, to me, he never quite fit in, if you see what I'm saying. Like, it was just, you know, it, it was obvious that they were just plugging him in with some guys so that he could learn how to wrestle and handle himself in the ring. Yeah. And then as soon as he was able, they got him up out of there. Um, but at the same time, I do respect the fact that they are using the past for the storyline because I think that it makes it more real for us than just him challenging Strowman out of nowhere, if you see what I'm saying. Sure, it, it, it gives you yeah. something to build off of. Yeah, and uh, does Bray Wyatt win the championship so, back immediately? Right. So I think that I do think I am starting to think that he is a transitional champion. I, I think that essentially they went from Goldberg going over on the, on the theme. Because it was all for getting Goldberg versus Reigns. This kind right. of big dog versus old big dog kind of thing. Yeah. Once that completely fizzed out, it was like, oh, now we got to pivot, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that their original plan might have been to set up a Fiend versus Roman Reigns storyline, which would have been awesome. Right. And it would have lasted six months. It would have lasted. Exactly. Yep. But now they kind of have the Strowman storyline, and I'm not sure if Strowman is the guy to go a six-month program with The Fiend. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be shocked if they hurry up, get the title off of him, put it back on Bray, and then get Bray back into a storyline with another top guy. Because if you notice, they haven't really been doing much with Strowman. No. So it it seemed odd in the first place that he would go over on Goldberg and win the championship. You know, after all of this time, you know. So I I think he's a transitional champion. Yeah, because, I mean, they made that pivot very quickly um, when Roman Reigns basically took himself out of WrestleMania because of his possibility of health issues. Yeah. I I think that's very noble. I mean, that's I think that's cool. I mean, it's smart. It's very smart, but... 
the biggest name in the company now finally getting over, now finally getting his push at main, uh, main eventing WrestleMania, uh, and now they just changed the whole thing. I mean, what does that do for Roman Reigns' career? Let's see him, Funk. Let's start with you. Does that does that uh, devalue him at all? Does he have to? Uh, big ugly shaking his head. What do you think, yeah. CM Funk? If, if, if anything, he's going to come back even with more um, pop because once again he's using his illness to get something. <laughs> um, oh man! Guys, dear Lord, forgive me. Um, it is Sunday. I forgot. It is Sunday. Sunday at all. Um, now, I, Reigns is going to be fine coming out of this. I mean, he's still going to get the push. The only thing I find strange about the whole thing is is how they completely not mention Roman Reigns' name since he took himself out of the, the lineup prior to WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, they never even brought him up for being out of the match. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, his name's just been totally dropped off of... Um off of programming. And I think that's by design um, because if you mention his name, you people are thinking about him, then they're missing him. If you don't mention his name, it maybe protects him a little bit more. So when he does come back, it's like the big shock value surprise, and then he can um, make it. Now, and I think that you can't mention his name because everything is so uncertain right now that you just you can't really say when he will come back. And, yeah, and I don't think these are built for long-term storylines. Jim and Jason, I'm going to throw this one out to you. I think everything now that's being done on WWE television is is being based for what's going to happen you know, possibly next week and maybe to the next pay-per-view, but that's it. I don't think they're making any long-term plans at this point. What do you think? I don't think so, but actually, in a weird way, I think they're going to actually up this feud until they can get back to the arenas. And then once they get back to the arenas, they'll bring a room and will probably come back and... They'll have that big pop. I just can't imagine him ever coming back in this empty arena situation. Yeah, and that's yeah, especially since he took himself out of the, the situation voluntarily. So you think they're going to milk Strowman and Wyatt uh, a little bit longer until this all starts to come back to normal? Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think you could do that. I mean, I don't know how interesting it would be, but if they're doing this outside the box kind of thing, you could almost hot potato the title. You know, you know, have have this regular match against Bray Wyatt, not the Fiend. And then you could almost have another Firefly Funhouse kind of type match in Wyatt's world. Yeah. And you could almost go back and have an ambulance match. <laughs> you know, and you could, you could have to take the title right there for, you know, three or four events during the summer to get us through this hump. Yeah. And then have something new in the fall when hopefully we're back in some sort of arena with a small crowd at least, something. Right, and I think the wrestling historians like uh, like ourselves that you know can look at the history of the title. It's not about the history of the championship right now. It's about what's going to be best, you know, for the short term and the long term. I mean, and looking at the history of the Universal Championship, I mean that's bounced around a couple of times too, with uh, Kevin Owens being a transitional champion for Goldberg, who gives it back to Fort the Lesnar, who you know Finn Balor won it and then he lost it, the, you know, the day after because he got injured. I mean. <clears throat> it's not about that. So, I mean, I like it. I, I think if they can keep both people on the payroll um, and that there's a lot of creativity they can do with anything with Bray Wyatt, honestly, whoever they're going to fix with him, yeah. maybe that'll give Strowman a chance to, uh, to be in the spotlight for a little while, even if it is transitional. Um, because Strowman's been pushed to the back. It looks like he's going to get pushed, and then he's pushed to the back seat. And then it looks like he's going to get pushed, and we've seen it for the four years yeah. we've been doing this. I feel like the big opportunity missed with Strowman was not having the audience there because I could when, – when Strowman went over on Goldberg, if there was 80,000 people, that crowd would have erupted, and WWE would have been able to see, like, oh, shoot, like this – like. 
people really love this guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of it probably would have also been because people just want to see Goldberg lose. But <laughs> it, it still would have made Strowman, Strowman look good. But, but even think about it this way. If there was 80,000 people in that arena, it would have been Reigns and Goldberg, and Reigns would have won. Oh, that's true, right? Yeah. So yeah. would Strowman even be a part of WrestleMania yeah. or in yeah. the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, Very which true. they didn't have? You know what I'm yeah. saying? But I was like, would, would Strowman get that? Like, Jam and Jason, let's just push this a little further. If they get this back into the arenas, does Strowman stay a part of this thing, or is he is that the transition? Is he done? Does he does he give it back? I think I think right now either one of them, whoever wins the title, going to be the transitional champion until Roman Reigns comes back. Okay, that's kind of that's kind of where I think it's going right now. Do they throw Reigns right back into it as soon as this is all over? And does, you know, just push him to the moon, no slow burn? Just like, hey, man, Roman's back and we're going to give him the opportunity yeah. and let's just do it. Let's yeah, just give it to definitely. him. Definitely. And does he squash whoever it is? I don't, I don't think he's going to squash it, squash him, <laughs> but he's definitely getting pushed. Because, I mean, think about it, it's a, it's a different scenario. Roman Reigns isn't sick. You know, he did, it's not like he's, he's sick and then coming back like he was when, when he first came back and they kind of like have slowly let him back into a title picture. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with him. So, there's no reason to make a slow burn. You just throw him right back in there. I feel you. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can see where... I, I, I think Strowman's transitional champ, too. He was a transitional intercontinental champ. Now he's a transitional uh, SmackDown champ. So, um... That's a I, damn shame, too, because he's so marketable. And, uh... He's he's a big yeah. guy. He's one of Vince's guys. Uh, I just I just man, it's crazy. Yeah, he, he's an, he's an attraction though, almost. He's so, definitely yeah, an attraction. The title basically, um, but I think I think the Fiend you know wins the title back sooner rather than later. I don't know if it's at Money in the Bank or not, but you know at some point, and then I think the Fiend just holds onto the title until they get up to a place where Reigns can come back, and I think Reigns comes in as like a surprise pop almost like Hogan did at uh, Wrestlemania what was that 7, 8 whatever it was way back 9, 10 I don't remember which one when he came out to Bret Hart and Yokozuna yeah, WrestleMania yeah. Nine in the uh, Las I Vegas. Know. Yeah, I think like they could do something like that where Reigns comes in and it just shocks and like the Fiend almost gets somewhat frightened by it, you know, because Reigns has been away and not mentioned, and he comes out to a huge pop and he defeats the Fiend and wins the title like immediately, and then you can build a program with the two of them going forward from there because the Fiend, the Fiend can always be the chaser. He doesn't need to have the title. So you're right. That's right. That's right. Now, uh, speaking of titles, uh, one thing that also happened was Drew McIntyre went over on Brock Lesnar pretty quickly, pretty easily um, at WrestleMania. And then t- apparently 20 minutes later, uh, on the WrestleMania set and stage, the Big Show came out and basically called out Drew McIntyre. And then they had what, what I thought was uh, a pretty fantastic match, if you guys got a chance to see that, Big Show versus Drew McIntyre. Um which majorly actually put the Big Show in the main event of WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. And talking about a guy that they're going with the championship, they're starting off pretty much every Monday Night Raw with Drew McIntyre, with the championship, thanking everybody in the camera, breaking the fourth wall. So they're going with Drew, regardless. They're, they're going with Drew as the champion. Um, big Ugly, yay nay. Um, do you see this? Do you feel this? I like it. I mean, I think Drew is. Uh, I think he's a good pick, um, and I like that. You know, they're going all in with him. It, it reminds me of when they, and you know, I compare them because they're in the same group. It reminds me when they went all in with Jinder Mahal, 
right? It's like... Are <laughs> <laughs> you comparing yeah, Drew McIntyre no, and Jinder Mahal? No, what I'm saying is just I that, know what you're saying. Yeah, I'm just saying that, like, you know, when, when Jinder won, it would have been easy for everyone to be like, oh, he's some type of transitional champion. But it's like, no, like, they went all in behind Jinder Mahal. They did. And I think they're doing the same thing with Drew McIntyre. You know, uh, he's over... Unfortunately, the fans aren't around for to show it, but yeah. but he is over, and I think that they're going to go all in um, with him. I feel like it's it's hard for somebody. He's in a tough position because of them not having to have fans. So it's like you know merch sales and crowd reactions. You're not going to get that, and so you know it might be hard for them to see Drew McIntyre as like an actual drawing champion, right? But I do believe that under any normal circumstances, like he would be. A good champion. Like, he is a good champ. Prototypical. Jam, Jam and Jason, what do you think? Drew McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like, it's something new, something different. Gives us somebody new in the picture. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to go with him for a while. Definitely until they get back and having a live crowd. Because I think they want to gauge that live crowd reaction. Yeah. So, I can see him lasting more than the current SmackDown situation. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I can see this being a much more, more long-term thing. And CM Funk, uh, to base upon what uh, Big Ugly just said, you know, crowd crowd reactions, ticket sales, merchandise, uh, all of this stuff kind of feeds into what the WWE does on their short and long-term time. Now, we like to say the WWE is going to do whatever they're going to do regardless, but right now they really have no beacon. They can really do whatever they want to do. So it's like whatever writers are writing, whoever's booking, they're going to do, and they're not going to be swayed one way or the other. You know what I mean? Um so yeah. what, what do you think, whether it be Drew McIntyre or anything else they're doing these days, actually? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think you're, everybody's right on on this. Like, I mean, you know, you can tell just by watching the programming that, that you know, the, the basic storytelling is out the window right now. Like, there are people that are on TV that haven't had television time in years, let alone, you know, days or weeks, you know, all sorts of things are going on that usually wouldn't happen if they were our regularly scheduled programming. Um, and then, you know, as far as Drew goes, I think, yeah, I mean, until you get him back in front of the live crowd, he was definitely building momentum. You know, after his Rumble win, the crowd was behind it. They've been behind his little 3-2-1 countdown thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think... You know, I think once they get those crowds back, you'll really be able to tell, you know, where the barometer is with him. And um, I don't see why it wouldn't, you know, be him. I mean, he was the chosen one, you know, 12 years ago or whatever. And and it turns out Vince was actually right on that. It's just taken a just lot took a while. To <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I'm Drew. I, I've always liked Drew McIntyre, even, even his original run. So, um, you know, happy for him. And I think he's doing a great job with it. Well, let me ask you guys this. Drew McIntyre, as you as you were just talking about CM Funk, that he was like the chosen one, you know, twelve years ago. Here's a big guy, just like Braun Strowman. Why is it? And I and I get that kind of like they've kind of become the man at the same time, but I think that there's a big difference. It's like why is it that Drew McIntyre seems to be like they're comfortable putting him in this position, but for so long they have not wanted to put Braun in this position, and they're both just big guys. You know, similar you know body types and, and characters. Like, why why is this? I, I I think Drew is more prototypical Vince than Braun Strowman is. So I think that's part of the reason, personally. And then Braun Braun, like I said before, he's more of an attraction than he is, you know, necessarily the you know a face of the company type. So um, 
you know, so I think that's part of the reason, you know, why Drew's getting the, the title run and the pu- real push, you know, as opposed to what Strowman's getting right now. I thought I still think that if we had 80,000 people in the stadium and the plans were supposed to go forward, I still believe that uh, Brock would have beat Drew and this would have been a, a drawn-out thing to, wrestle, to SummerSlam almost because they would have put Reigns over Goldberg for sure, almost, and uh, Reigns would have been the guy for the company. So I don't think they would have had two flag bearers at the same time. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, because you'd put all your cards in one bag. That's what they did last year. And, you know, it kind of slowed them down for a little while because of WrestleMania, everybody got everything that they wanted, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. Yeah, we talked about that, yeah. Yeah, and and I think it would have been a, a different story. Um, but I, I believe that... As CM Funk said, you know, Drew McIntyre is prototypical. And, and Jam and Jason, you'll agree with me with this. I mean, we've seen a lot of different champions over the years, and uh, most of them, as far as Vince's goes, the flag bearers have been the Hulk Hogan's, the Rocks, the, you know, the, the, these prototypical people that Vince would have up there. It wouldn't be necessarily a transitional champion like Jinder Mahal or Dolph Ziggler or somebody, Alberto Del Rio, that's going to carry the flag. It's going to be these, these bigger names like Drew McIntyre, the people that have been bred to do it for so many years would you agree with that yeah yeah that's true yeah yeah definitely all the way from back from hulk hogan days i mean that's that's hulk hogan syndrome right there yep yeah hulk hogan yeah yokozuna he's always kind of drawn to the big guys yeah the big guys and it all leads back into you know giving these these prototypical people the the the, the you know ship and that would have been roman reigns right now and but it's 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 not so um so to just kind of wrap all this up, I mean, we could we could talk forever about all this stuff that's going on, and it's definitely fun to uh, do something a little different during these downtimes, these quarantine days. Um, but uh, you know, we had they're still giving notice and situate like Howard Finkel. That's that's just terrible. Sixty nine years old, um, voice of the WWE, first empl- first actual employee of the WWF. Um, you know, and, but they're still giving. The due attention to that, so it's not like they're missing a beat on anything that they're really doing. They're still pushing the network for nine ninety nine. Um, they're still putting on Raw, still putting on SmackDown, still putting on NXT, and actually Fox now with the with the relationship with them, they're putting on all this stuff from the WWE Network. They're putting on these WWE twenty fours and behind the scenes and and um, all this kind of stuff. Is this what 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 where do you see this going is basically where I'm getting to. Give give a couple of months. Let's say the restrictions start lifting in the country, in the world, and and say we do get back to changing the game a little bit, putting it back into maybe like Jamie Jason's at smaller arena, you know, working their way back up. How does this change the game moving forward? And let's let's start with Jamie Jason actually and go around the table. What all of this that's happening, what do you see happening in the next couple months? Um, hopefully they can get back to the regular arenas and you know, I think all this is great because it's more exposure for them. It gets more eyes on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I still hope they keep the pay-per-views and the special events on the WWE Network for subscribers. Because uh, I surely you know, appreciate paying $10 a month as opposed to $50, $60 a month. We've been there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I could go back and do that, especially in this economy these days. Amen. Um, but I think exposure is good, but I think it's also going to force them to step their game up. Because they're going to be showing all this great classic content on these various shows, mm-hmm. on these various networks, so it's going to have to make them make the weekly Raws and Smackdowns even better so people tune into that as well. Yeah. They're just going to be t- tuning into the classics. 
Gotcha. Which is kind of, I think, of what's happening now. And and they were doing that too. Uh, they were you know, Raw and SmackDown were putting in classic matches like Royal Rumble matches or WrestleMania matches or whatever during the actual shows. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's because of different eyes on the product or because they had a lack of content or whatever it is. Big yeah, what think, do you think? Yeah, I think that was just because of lack of con- not lack of content. It, it was. Because of this pandemic, they aren't allowed to have but so many people backstage, even though they're sure. considered essential. And so I think they are trying to protect how many people they're having in the locker room back Got, there. Gotcha. And so they're trying to fill their hours with some of this other stuff, like the Royal Rumble and stuff like what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, but I think in a few months, listen, I think WWE is going to target some of these states that are already starting to relax on their restrictions. Mm-hmm. They're going to check them out, see what they're doing. Like, you know, I think like, uh, I, like I know uh, in Atlanta and Georgia, Georgia yeah. they're starting to, you know, relax. They're going to start targeting some of these places. And I feel like as long as those restrictions say that you can hold the full event, they're just going to mark it and blast it out to them because wrestling fans are a very specific kind of fan. Mm-hmm. You know, they're pretty die hard and hardcore and a lot of them are probably just gonna be like yo I'm throwing on my mask and I'm getting back in these arenas you know what I'm saying yeah and that's and that's gonna be that and I think that they're gonna try and probably circle those loops of states that are relaxing until you know the rest of the country starts to open back up I feel you CM Funk what do you think next couple months I completely agree with Big Ugly I think WWE might change their name back to Florida Championship Wrestling or, you know, or Championship Wrestling from Florida, whatever it used to be called back in the day. Um, I mean, that that's all, that's where they're going to be. They're going to be at the small arenas to start and then, you know, gradually get into the bigger places down south. And since that seems to be where everything's opening up first, I also think um, WWE Shop is going to... Uh, you know, sell a lot of feet masks and cane masks and Rey Mysterio masks and uh, anybody else that wears a mask. So um, I think that'll be pretty pretty popular uh, when they get back to real business. Again. I've so seen the, the old school cane mask that yeah. covers the mouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I've seen that too, and I've seen, and I, I actually have a couple of those masks and a Lucha Libre mask as well. And I'm like, you know what? It covers the nose and it covers the face. Uh, it covers the mouth. So, you know, get out there. And why not? The WWE should put out their uh, all their face masks with all of their uh, you know marketing insignias on them. All the all the wrestlers, all the all the uh, WWE, everything. Yeah. You know, I mean, sell the crap out of it. All, all of a sudden, the let's say Dorado. I knew the I knew there was a reason Lucha House Party was getting a little bush on SmackDown. I get it. <laughs> Merchandise, man. And, uh, you know, the, the first thing that they started with, and I, I don't know if you saw this, Jam and Jason, but they had the um, they had the shirt, the WrestleMania 36 shirt that said, I wasn't there. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is like the biggest the, the biggest slap in the face of coronavirus. It's like, you know what? We're just going to use this to our advantage. I'm getting that shirt. I'm telling you. Um, what was the other one? There was another one, uh, CM Funk, that you said I definitely have to get. The, the, it was the uh, Vince um, Firefly Funhouse Vince uh, shirt. The, uh, where he, what did he say when they were doing the This is such good shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The shirt for that, too. With the little Vince puppet. <laughs> Broadcasting with Mercy the Buzzard. And it had uh, it had the uh, thing on there and it had Vince saying, this is such good shit. Oh, man. I just... That was genius, man. That, 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 whole, segment, that whole segment, as Jam and Jason called it, uh, that that was a genius segment. They, they took into every... Uh, underhanded, you know, and, and sarcastic comment that you could do, uh, and you know, through the whole thing, and they just went through the whole litany of 20, 25 years and just did it all. It was beautiful. 
Did you notice uh, the Bray Wyatt singing um, uh, the, the Nikki Bella, Nikki Bella no, song? That, that was yeah. perfect, man. I caught that the second time because yeah. he did it so quickly. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. I wonder how much of this they actually talked about before they filmed it. Yeah. And then we're like, nope, nope, this works. Leave it in. <laughs> oh, man. So... It is great, like Jam and Jason said, it's great that they are still doing what they're doing. All of us kind of agree it's not really deemed as what we figure as essential. It's not like going to the grocery store. You need to get food. It's not like, uh, you know, having a bank account. You need money. Uh, But I'm glad it's there, uh, and we'll continue to watch it. And then when we come back next month, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, everything that's going on, you know, what restrictions have lifted, what the plans are. But we're also going to talk about money in the bank, climbing the corporate ladder. Um, Okay, as we finish this first segment of our podcast, let's just go around the table. Let's start with Big Ugly. Um, So the money in the bank ladder matches are supposed to start on the ground floor of WWE headquarters, and the briefcases are supposed to be on the roof. So they're going to have to climb up the whole building and then go up the roof. So obviously this is a cinematic storytelling kind of thing. This ain't going to be anything that's shot live, I wouldn't think. What do you think about this? Do you think it's it's creativity on the fact of, you know what, they got to pivot, they got to do something? What do you think? I think it's great. Listen, from what I've seen from the Firefly Funhouse to the, uh, the Boneyard match, yeah. I'm pretty excited. <laughs> like, WWE is showing me that they have the creatives on their team to pull off these cinematic... Uh, the cinematic uh, uh, segments, you know, um, so I'm I'm actually excited for it. I'm I'm ready to see what happens. There you go. Hashtag Jeremy Borash. Um, <laughs> CM Funk. Um, let's uh, money in the bank corporate ladder match. And uh, do they continue to do these things as the restrictions lift? Do they still keep with the cinematic stuff and make it you know still a main storyline instead of just putting it on the back burner? It's working. I I think I think they will, but I don't know that it would be like in every single like pay per view. You know, maybe they, they hold off and do it. You know, to make it a little more special and do it like every other one or every all, for the big four, or big five, or whatever. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Why not? I mean, it's working and it's the best stuff they're producing for television right now. Even the uh, Gargano Champa match on NXT um, last week was or two weeks ago was fantastic, and that was basically a cinematic shot. You know, match. So um, that was very good, actually. I'm like, what? What's the uh, allure of an empty arena match when we've had empty arena matches for a month? But I get what they were doing with it, uh, and I do understand. And they turned it into another storyline, not between those two, but to just push them off in individual directions. And then uh, bringing in Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux, and uh, you know they're just taking it a, a lot of and turning Johnny's wife heel. Um, you know, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, there's great opportunity with these things that they're doing because you can take them in so many different directions, you know, that aren't the standard fare that we're used to from WWE. And then as, as far as the corporate ladder match goes, I'm, my, I'm interested in it. I'm excited for it, too, because it's something new and different. But at the same time, I'm worried because you're doing two of these matches. Like, how are you going to make them different? Mm. You know, where they both start from the bottom floor and work their way up. So, I mean, you know, how do you get from floor to floor? And those types of things, it's different and new and, you know, exciting. and keeps you, you know, invested before you go, oh, I already saw that in the last match, you know, like the last time they did this. So, right. so I, I'm a little worried about it from that as- aspect. But, yeah, is it intriguing? No question. So. Jam and Jason, we've seen ladder matches for 25 years, all the way back to uh, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels. Um, 
So, and and actually at WrestleMania this year, we, we did see uh, with Kofi and John Morrison, and, you know, they had a ladder match as well. Uh, and they did a pretty damn good job considering uh, there was only three of them in an empty arena. So this is a completely new thing. So what do you think about this uh, whole corporate ladder match as opposed to traditional ladder matches and things like that? I think they could actually do the best of both worlds. I think they could do the cinematic stuff working their way up through the building. And they could go into different rooms. The ladies can hit one group of rooms. The men can fight in a boardroom or different things. You've got people fighting in an elevator. Um, you could do all sorts of different things. But then I think when you get to the top of the building, when you're up on the roof, hopefully they have a ring set up. And then you can almost turn it into a more standard ladder match as well. That would be cool. The last few minutes as a regular match. You could, like I said, mix a little bit of both. You know, you can... You know, they, they could have... I like that, Jam and Jay. So they could have two monster trucks up there and Hulk Hogan in the big show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they could have a sumo match with the, with the monster trucks. So you should watch this on the network, Big Ugly. You've been going through the network old, old school WCW yeah. days. Uh, they had a pay-per-view where they had two monster trucks on the roof. It was Hulk Hogan and uh, the giant, Paul White. And uh, they were pushing each other. And I think it was ended it. I think it was uh, Hogan pushed a big show or the big show's truck off the roof. Am I correct about that? And basically killed him. <laughs> but then later on in the night, they, they had an actual match in the ring uh, on the same pay-per-view, if I'm remembering that correctly. Yeah, the same pay-per-view. He rose from the dead. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, that's the only thing I remember being on the roof of anything. So, I mean, they need to... Uh, they need to spoof that. They might as well just go all in. Um, so, boys, we're gonna we're gonna finish this first part of the segment because the second part of the segment we're gonna reach out to uh, some of our other past podcast guests and see how they're doing uh, during this whole pandemic thing. But I want to really thank you, Jamie Jason, for figuring out this Facebook video thing for uh, joining us. I know you can only see the microphone, and you might be watching Jurassic Park in the background on the television yeah. there. Um, yeah, Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic Park and your hand sanitizer. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park and hand sanitizer. What a combination. Um, and, uh, you know, we want to thank you very much. I want you to definitely stay safe. You know, the best of the family. Um, you know, about last year, you know, during this time, we were all getting ready to go to Billy Joel at Camden Yards, the first ever uh, concert at Camden Yards. And we all went out there and we had a great time. And we also, uh, the year before that, we went into the suite at the Camden Yards. That was a uh, big ugly. We had the dirty, ugly wrestling suite over in there in Camden Yards. So um, that was last year? That was two years ago. Two years ago, ago right. Yeah. yeah. Yep, so we need to get back to doing all that. Um, but uh, we're going to go see Fozzie. We're going to get the Towson Four back together sometime soon. And uh, we're going to definitely hang out. So, Jam and Jason, thank you so much for joining us. What are your final takeaways from uh, anything professional wrestling or pandemic or whatever? Go ahead and take it away. All yours. Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe. Stay safe. Things will get back to normal. It may take a while, but be patient. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your life. And binge watch everything. Eat beverages. Have a good time. Did you watch Tiger King yet? I have not watched Tiger King. No. <laughs> okay. Well, Big Ugly is only about halfway through it, but uh, you know, if you need if you need an afternoon or an evening, and you really, really want to watch something that takes every, your mind away from everything, watch that. Um, <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going through Seinfeld now. The, the old Seinfeld. Seinfeld. All right. Well, hey, that you got eight or nine seasons of that, so that'll take you a while. Jim and Jason, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to hook up with you a little bit later on, but uh, we I'm going to disconnect. But thank you so much, Jim and Jason. We appreciate you. That's good. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Wow, it was good to see Jam and Jason, man. Um, and CM Funk, uh, you know, uh, we appreciate you. And we know you're only right down the road here from the mansion, but the king of social distancing. Do you have any other nicknames that we're working on? 
that's really a good one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe for uh, episode eighty-two or eighty-five or one hundred, mm-hmm. depending on how long this takes. I might have something new and exciting for you, but uh, you know, I, I've changed the gimmick up a little bit. It's been a couple years. You know, I didn't want it to get totally stale. So. You mean <laughs> you, you're 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 the professional wrestling loyalist? You're keeping true to yourself and to your fans. Um, <laughs> hashtag no hashtag. I mean, you know, the guy who doesn't need followers. You know, it's just, it's just this is what it is. Um, <laughs> And uh, before we let you go, I have one more thing to ask you. What do you think of the uh, the Monday Night Messiah, the evolution of Seth Rollins being a god, um, you know, kind of taken from some of the past things that CM Funk did with the, uh, what was it, the Ministry of, no, it was the uh, C- Straight Edge Society. That's what it was. Straight Edge Society, yeah. 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 What do you think? Is this good for Rollins? You know what? I, you, you guys know me. I've, I've always, I've never been a Rollins guy. I know. That's why I'm asking. So, um... Yeah, I, I'm actually enjoying the, the Monday Night Messiah. Uh, you know, I love I loved how he um, might be a little sacrilege, but I love how he did the whole resurrection thing right around Easter, coming yes. out of WrestleMania and everything. Yes, and that was you know clever. Um, and yeah, I, I'm actually enjoying Seth Rollins, um, and he's always been a better heel anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just perfect for him. So. Beautiful. Enjoying it very much, yep. Good. Well, keep enjoying everything that you're doing, CM Funk. Uh, you know, thank you so much for joining us. Stay safe. Uh, and uh, what are your... Go ahead. Well, thank you to Big Ugly first to, uh, for allowing uh, his, uh, his uh, phone to be used. For, uh, <laughs> so, appreciate that. Hey, no problem, Funk. Jam and Jason called in and he locked up my iPad and my iPhone, so I wasn't sure what was supposed to happen there. I was trying to merge both calls, but it didn't work out that way. So um. it's, it's all right. I didn't mind doing the run-in. You know? <laughs> well, you know, you took a break. You took a powder for a minute or two, and then uh, you did the run-in back in, so that was great. So um what are your, uh, your your takeaways from WrestleMania, from the pandemic, from uh, anything else in the last couple of weeks? And uh, what are your uh, you know last thoughts here on episode eighty one of the podcast? You know, I, I appreciate what the wrestling world has been able to do in these times to kind of keep us entertained, and I mean that both WWE and AEW mm-hmm. who, have, who have been putting on fantastic shows um, as yep. well during this time. Um, you know, so I greatly appreciate that. I, I pray for the, the wrestlers and the production staff and for their safety, you know, during this because, you know, I mean, they're, uh, I hate to say they're frontline, but they are kind of frontline at the moment in a sense. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, for their safety. And of course, you know, uh, just to echo Jam and Jason for everybody to stay safe out there and, you know, follow social distancing guidelines, you know. Um, after all, I am the king of that. So I, 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 I was going to do this entire, um, you know, call in with my mask on, but uh, <laughs> it, gets, it gets, pretty, gets pretty warm. So, uh, you know, so I decided against it. But I mean, uh, but, yeah. I could totally see you doing that. Like if you were on the video screen, I could totally see you doing that. Um, one more question before you go uh, to CM Funk. Yeah. Uh, did you happen to see the end of SmackDown with the 25th anniversary of Triple H? Yeah, I did, and you know what? I, I at first I was kind of like, oh, they're doing a comedy bit. But then as I thought about it, I was like. It needs to be a comedy bit. Yeah. You know? And they actually touched on the fact that there's a pandemic going on, like, for the first time, you know, yeah. in these weeks. Um, you know, they kind of made light of some of the situation. And then uh, Vince having the lights turned off on him was just, that was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> I, 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 enjoyed, I enjoyed the whole segment. So. Did you see that big ugly? I did not see it. I have to go back and watch Please it. Please go back yeah. and watch Please that. Back, uh, yeah. 
They, they, they promoted it all week that they were going to celebrate 25 years of Triple H. Triple H came out. Um, he, nah, he wasn't even out there for 15 seconds, and then Shawn Michaels cut him off. Uh, he came out with a big grizzly beard and, and a short top hair, but wearing the NXT hat. And basically, it turned into tr- uh, Shawn Michaels roasting Triple H for about 20 <laughs> minutes. Um, you know, talking about how he's lost all the time at WrestleMania and how, you know, he was like, what was your favorite part of the Shawn Michaels 25th anniversary? Well, what was your favorite part? And Triple H was like, oh, you know, all the parts were great. He's like, I didn't have a 25th anniversary. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> and the, the best part about this whole thing is, once the and you could tell they were they were having fun with it and uh, they weren't gonna there wasn't gonna be a match evolving from this yeah. or anything but Vince his music hit he came out strutted out on the stage um, Vince being Vince uh, and uh, just touched upon they touched upon everything even they had a bunch of people calling in on the iPhone Stephanie Road Dog Ric Flair uh, it, it was great and Vince actually ended the thing you know still roasting Triple H. Um, and then he's like, you know what? We're you were turning the lights out on you. And he actually walked away, and they turned off the lights in the arena. And and Vince and uh, Triple H was like, are they really kicking us out? And he's like, yeah, they're kicking us out. Oh. And then it ended in the dark. I was like, that's beautiful. So I'm glad you saw that CM Funk. I'm glad you enjoyed it because that to me. I like the I like the work in the ring. It's still different with no fans. I'm still watching it, but stuff like that just means that they're not taking themselves too seriously at this point, but all generations are on board with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, hey, they're, they're being entertaining, which is the whole purpose. So yeah. you know, congratulations to WWE for figuring out how to be entertaining again. So Amen with that. that. Well, CM Funk, just, go ahead. My last, my last words, and then I'm just going to hang up on you guys. <laughs> um, um, Oscar. MVP of all wrestling right now. I agree, there man. There are no fans. So. I agree. I tell you that this uh, coronavirus couldn't have come at a better time for her because I was starting to I was starting to get on board with uh, her and doing what she's doing. But now with everything being as quiet as she is, she is the top performer in the ring and also backstage. Yeah, Dude, she, she's the best promo going right now. Right. She really she's is. And I don't know anything that she's ever said. Right. <laughs> so anyway. And with that, I'm going to dance off the stage just as she does. Do, 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 do. And uh, deuces, fellas. Deuces. Deuces, man. Big ugly. Here you go. Let me give you your phone back. Oh, man. So that was great to get uh, get the boys back together. Jam and Jason, CM Funk. Um, it was great stuff to hear from them. I think we can take a little break right here. Um, and we want to uh, thank, and we're going to thank everybody along the way. Thank you for all of the people who have listened to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast for 80 straight episodes. And anybody who has shared us, liked us, um, followed us, subscribed to us. Um, everybody, even all the way over in Japan, uh, we do have uh, some folks out there. Uh, all over the United States, all over the world. Um, you, you know, we might have travel restrictions on us right now, but uh, you can listen to us all over the place. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Just Google Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, and it'll pop up in 10 different places. So, uh, Big Ugly, before we uh, take a break and then come back to some other guests of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast, takeaways from WrestleMania, takeaways from our conversation today, uh, what do you think? Yeah, man, um, takeaways from WrestleMania, I think that... Um Man, really, really missed out on some big moments, I think, uh, with the fans that I think uh, could have just made the moment, like Drew McIntyre winning, yeah. Braun Strowman winning. Um, so it's been kind of difficult for me to get past that. Um, but 
you know, I really enjoy. I think that the that WWE has definitely found a niche for them in that cinematic storytelling they've been doing with some of those matches, and so I think that they can continue to expound upon that. Um, but yeah, other than that, man, you know, hopefully uh, in the next couple months, man, things can start to get back out into the arena, get back out into fans, and mm-hmm. start functioning as normal. I definitely would like to see some of the people that um, lost their jobs to get some work again. I think that that's the hardest thing is that those those people that lost their jobs at WWE, yeah. <clears throat> they can't go anywhere else right now. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like so it's not like the typical thing where you've seen WWE do spring clean and it's like boom, they're just going to pop up in AEW. Yeah. AEW is going to be reluctant to grab these guys because they don't have the funds coming in, right. you know? Um and so that that's what makes it even harder. It's like those guys are just in the same boat as you know, a lot of the regular Joes out here that have mm-hmm. lost their jobs, and it's just like, I, you know, I can't find anything else. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it, it's rough. You know, it's rough on the wrestling business. And it, it, independent wrestling, and this is what I go back to because I was a part of this for so long. Um, you know, what a lot of those folks do have, you know, daytime, nine to five kind of jobs uh, and just doing the nights and the weekends doing the professional wrestling. But there's a good bunch of them out there that are, that are on this path to try to get to the performance center or get to AEW or get to the main stage. And they have literally no no stage right now they have nowhere to train they have nowhere to perform um you know they can they can at home you know they can try to work out and do whatever they have no gyms to go to it's like if you're in the middle of this whole thing you're just like like you said the regular joes you want to talk about them out there they they got nothing you know what i'm saying it's it's really crazy And, and even at the performance center how do you develop i mean you can't do it in the same way that they used to do it before um it's it's it is crazy to think you know what this is actually doing, but hopefully the plans are in place to get everybody back. And I want to shout out to everybody in the independent professional wrestling world, um, MCW, EWA, ACW, uh, everybody that we have worked with over the years, and all the people that we've had on our podcast. Um, stay strong, you know, brothers and sisters. You know, the pro wrestling business is a family, uh, a very large estranged family at times. But you know, this is something where people have to actually touch each other you know you can't although there is on youtube if you do see the first social distancing match on youtube uh it's actually i think it's sammy guevara from aew um you look at it and then there's two guys in the ring and they're six feet away from each other each time they never touch each other but they're actually having a match um so that's pretty interesting um but yeah shout out to everybody in all the professional wrestling all over the world and uh, thank you for everything that you have done and will continue to do. Let's take a little break, um, and then we'll come back and we'll reach out to uh, some other people that have been on our podcast, and we'll uh, see how they're doing, and we will come back with more of the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we're back on the yeah. Dirty Ugly... Damn it. <laughs> I love it. I do. Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Once again, my name is Dirty Mike. I'm the Big Ugly. And we are live in the mansion, six feet away from each other, social distancing um, due to the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic that's going on in the world. Um, in just a few minutes, we're going to uh, be joined by Mr. Michael Spedden, who's uh, been a part of the entertainment world and, and the singing world and all this stuff and how he's being affected by all this. Um, and I want to do some shout outs uh, to, but uh, you had something to bring up. You had a tangent that 
we need to go off yeah, on right I, now. So I had to tangent. it. So I think uh, in the very beginning of the podcast, I was talking about how I've been going back and looking at a bunch of old content. And so, of course, you know, of course, a part of that old content, I've been going back to like the, the mid 90s and yeah. the later 90s when we get to that year. And sure. I was thinking about Hall of Fame. You know, obviously, which is another thing that's been affected right. by the pandemic. We didn't get the Hall of Fame um, this year, um, but you know, I know they're still going to put the same pe- the same class in. You know, whenever they get back to it. Sure. But um, you know, and I was thinking about different people that I've seen come through that we've seen come through WWE and make it into the Hall of Fame. And one of the teams that I was looking at was too cool. And, okay. and I was looking at Too Cool and I, I, I watched a pay-per-view I don't remember if it was like the SummerSlam I was watching either SummerSlam or 2000 mm-hmm. I think or something like that and I'm like yo these guys were over like yeah. I mean that crowd was going crazy and it's like I remember being a super fan of Too Cool right mm-hmm. and so I, I wanted me and you to dialogue real quick about just taking a team like Too Cool mm-hmm. did they have a Hall of Fame career or was that just they just had a moment in the spotlight if you see what I'm saying and so, and sometimes I come back to this and I'm going to tell you what always brings me back to this the Bushwhackers okay <laughs> the Bushwhackers got put in the Hall of Fame they did and I listen I maybe I'm like okay I think I remember a little bit of watching the Bushwhackers but it's like I guess I started thinking to myself to me no disrespect to them but okay. when they got put in the Hall of Fame I guess to me, in some regard, it almost like it, it, it confused the standards for me a bit. And so I started thinking about like, all right, so what are some other people that was like over? You know what I'm saying? Too cool. Give okay. me your thoughts. Okay. So I believe they had a moment. Uh, they okay. definitely have their thumbprint on the business. They had the crowd in the palm of their hands, yes. everybody clapping, everybody wanting to do the, uh, the worm and, uh, you know, all this stuff. And they were over like ridiculous with every crowd every fact be like no matter what part of the country or the world that they went in for the for that while um as far as hall of fame goes mm. I'm, I'm gonna say i'm gonna say no but okay. I'm, I'm just thinking of the way they are determining their hall of fame candidates i don't think it's just because of maybe the, you know one thumbprint on the attitude era i'm talking about like historically over the entire business um the bushwhackers i can i will vouch i've actually watched those them back in as they were the sheep herders back in uh southern wrestling awa they've been around a lot longer than before when they came to wwe when they came to wwe they were packaged wwe style <clears throat> and they had the bushwhackers and the thing and whatever but the sheep herders were like nasty mean professional wrestlers getting in our brawls bloody every single night so they earned their professional wrestling stripes gotcha. long before they came to the gotcha. wwe now be- now because the, everybody knows them as the bushwhackers luke and butch that's how they got put in but if you listen to their speech they kind of talk about they go a little bit further back now i would love to see a team like Too Cool get recognition somewhere in the middle. Maybe not Hall of Fame recognition, but I want to see them, you know, honorary inductees or something like that, you know. But if you look, and it's interesting you bring up the Hall of Fame too because when they those pandemic things started and we just they just canceled all the WrestleMania activities for the week, they didn't even mention the Hall of Fame anymore. Like, they didn't even say, oh, well, the class of 2020, we're going to put this on hold or whatever. They just stopped mentioning it, just like Roman Reigns. They just stopped mentioning it. Um, but I believe... And, and Brian, Brian uh, Christopher, that's Jerry Lawler's son, and I think he's passed away. Yeah, he passed away. away. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes. And then I know um, the other gentleman, uh, Too Cool, 
his name is Scotty Too Hot. Scotty Too Hot. Yeah. Um, I've actually worked with him in an independent scene before, and so I've seen I've seen them at different parts of their career. But I'm glad you're going back and watching this stuff because yeah. I think there's a lot of people who had a, a, a thumbprint on. Like, if you want to look at the Godfather, he had a thumbprint on the Attitude Era too. And he's in. He's in. But but like you said, he had a long career. Long career spanning. Right. spanning so, and I, yeah. get you, and I appreciate you educating me on the Bushwhackers history, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that kind of brings things full circle with sure. me, where I'm like, oh, okay, now I completely get it. Okay, if it was, I'm cool. <laughs> no, too cool not going in, I'm good. Let me just mention a few other things. Go for I it. I know we're going to move on because it's kind of a tangent. It's all right. I so, love it. It's what we do. Once again, I, this is my this is my thought. X-Pot needs to go to Hall of Fame Amen. Amen. I, I Like I said, I've been going back, watching stuff, and I'm like, yo, this dude, I mean... Obviously, he comes in as a one, two, three kid. He beats Razor Ramon, so he's in that mid '90s, early '90s era yep. of wrestling. Then I'm like, this guy goes to WCW, becomes a part of like you know the original NWO faction, gets fired, mm-hmm. comes back to WWE, and then becomes a part of the biggest stable in WWE, uh, Degeneration X. Yep. I, and then even after DX is done, he's still having great matches. All throughout, he teams up with Kane, has a has a dynamic tag team with that. I mean, then he continues to have a career, you know, after that. So, it, I, I see all of these different people from, you know, DX going in. And I know DX went in uh, the, the, the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I know, technically, X-Pac is going in with NWO. Yep. But I'm like, X-Pac, to me, has had a Hall of Fame career on his own. Amen. And I think that he needs to go in. I 100% agree with you. He, uh, he started out... As a kid, literally, uh, in Independence, I saw him like down in in, uh, in uh, green room billiards in Dundalk, Maryland, and he he was just uh, the Lightning Kid or the one two, whatever he was called at that time. But he was having four star, five star matches every night with anybody because he was that young kid, that little one hundred and fifty pound kid who was extremely athletic and extremely creative, and he was getting thrown around like it was nobody's business. But he was making it believable, and then he was actually the underdog that end up never really grabbing the win, but eventually he did against Razor Ramon on Monday Night Raw in one of the biggest segments ever. Yeah. And that was huge. And he did that by himself. Yeah. So he's been a part of two of the biggest wrestling factions, but he on his own, in between, before, during, and now after, in everything that he's doing to clean himself up and all this stuff, you know, absolutely he needs to go in on his own. I, as yeah. Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman, yes. Yes. I agree. And we're going to bring that up more when we talk more about the Hall of Fame um, as it comes up again. Right. But absolutely 100%. Cool. All right. So let's talk about, I wanted to talk about the British Bulldog, right? Okay. Um, and I, like, so watching British Bulldog, I feel like, number one, I don't understand. All right. So is it just me or did it just, it felt like the Bulldog never quite got over. Like, in a sense, or, or did he just lose some steam? Maybe I'm missing it because when I'm going back and I'm watching these older matches, especially doing like the early attitude errors, like we're talking like 97, 98, stuff like that, okay. right? When Bulldog comes out, he's not getting any reaction. When he when he went to the jeans, I'm talking this era Bulldog, right? When he went to the jeans and coming out, he's not really getting much of a reaction. Everybody knows who the British Bulldog is, right? But he's not getting much. Gotcha. And I'm like, was it? Was it that maybe, you know, me being younger, I forgot. Was it the transition from him going from the, I represent the UK with the bulldog get up and the, the little stringy things coming down, you know. It, <laughs> That's from called that, bulldog's disease. That's yeah. what it's called. Is that, 
<laughs> no, go ahead. Is that did I miss the transition where all of a sudden people are just like, eh, you know? I, I think it was that mid '90s transition where the business really took a hit. Like WWE took a hit before WCW or be, before NWA became WCW. Um, you know, and there was a lull in the mid '90s where there was a whole lot of nothing going on. Um, this was when Diesel was the champion yes. and Mabel was the king of the ring, and there was a whole lot of cartoon characters. Duke the Juncture Drosy and and Henry O. Godwin and Phineas I. Godwin. You know, there's a lot of benefit to a lot of these people, but that's where the Bulldog got lost. If you go back a little further on your WWE Network, do it. Because in the mid-80s, the British Bulldog and his partner, uh, the Dynamite Kid, the tag team yeah. division, hot. Like, these guys were strong, uh, creative Technical, they could go an hour, um, and they could tell a story in, in in the midst of a match. Plus, they had their little bulldog Matilda with them, which was you know cute for just the purposes of having yeah. a dog with yeah. you. Um, but then they had storylines where people were messing with them, messing with the dog. Um, Bobby the Brain Heenan put these guys over big time. Dynamite Kid, unfortunately, went way down the path. Like he was a fantastic technical wrestler. Dealt into the Chris Benoit days, and we all saw what happened there. Dark Side of the Ring, by the way, watch that. Um, but the British Bulldog, after he had that mid-80s tag team thing, he kind of went out on his own. And he got with the right people, um, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, and he was having these classic one-on-one -on -one matches where he was still the pride of Britain, Great Britain, yeah. uh, still doing that whole thing, still over with the fans. Now, he got more over probably than... Anybody at the time, even the main eventers at that, he was always intercontinental mid-card status having some main event matches. He was never pushed... All the way to the Never. Right. To, yeah, and that's because that's not what Vince had him... Now, he's been in championship matches before, but never never put over. Right. Um, so, he got his big thing, Wembley Stadium, 85,000 people, main event intercontinental title match, Bret the Hitman Hart, SummerSlam 92. That's about where a pinnacle was. Then he got lost in the mid-90s. Then he got with the Hart Foundation, um, again, the brief yeah. building of the Hart Foundation, heel British Bulldog, short hair, jeans, jeans like yeah. I said. Um, I hated that too, man. I, I didn't like that. I, I feel like, you know, I'm, when I'm looking at that, I'm like, I think that was a mistake. I think he should have stuck. I get he was supposed to be a heel. Didn't want to wear maybe the bright tights and all of that. But yeah. it's like, that's you, man. You're the British Bulldog. You still got to you gotta just find a way to make a heel. The jeans just didn't fit him. When I see Dean Ambrose wear the jeans and the beater, he's a lunatic friend. Right. It works. Yeah. British Bulldog. Ugh. He it was just, no longer the British him. Bulldog. Yeah, it stripped him of everything. Yeah, yeah. it did. It, it was, he was just a guy. In he was just a guy. He yeah. was just a muscle of the, of the group. Right. That's all it was. Um, he got lost in the shuffle big time. Yes. He had a lot of problems, too, um, personal problems as far as demons. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. he couldn't really hold that spotlight anymore from what I understand. Yeah. Uh, and he was having a lot of physical problems as well with his body. Um, and it, it's a death, just a damn yeah. shame. But... So he, he needs to be Hall of Fame bound, too, you would agree? Absolutely. Right. 100%. And I think he was supposed to go in this year. If oh, I this was the year. This okay. was the year. Okay. They, right. This was one of yes. the main ones that they announced right before this coronavirus gotcha. happened. And okay. he, he's the one, because they usually put somebody in posthumously. Yeah. Uh, this was the one. Yeah. Um, and I, I agreed with it 100%. He, he needs to go in. Uh, you know, strike me for saying this, but... It goes in the same category as Chris Benoit needs to be in the WWE Hall of Fame or some kind of recognition. Okay, so the end of his life, 
It's been documented. He documented even more with Dark Side of the Ring. It's terrible. But as far as his imprint on the business of professional wrestling, you can't ever deny it. He was, you know, the rabid Wolverine. He was having four star matches, five star matches. His intensity was fan, you know, off the chart. After 15, 20 years, he was put over as the world heavyweight champion. If Eddie Guerrero can have all these demons and clean himself up and go in posthumously, Chris Benoit, I don't know if it would be highly marketed. Or advertised the same way because, you know, when you think Chris Benoit, there's everybody kind of automatically goes to the end. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's unfortunate. And I just watched this Dark Side of the Ring, so it's – but his, his his stamp on the business of professional wrestling. Some of the people have gone into uh, of the WWE Hall of Fame have – Done drugs, have done, have killed people. I mean, you know, ever been, you know, the, the, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, there's, there's things that have gone on. You know what I'm saying? But if you want to say that the, the Hall of Fame, X Pac, Sean Waltman, he deserves to go in for what he did, not for the mistakes that he made. The British Bulldog had issues all the way up to the end, you know, and he may have even died of weird circumstances, but he's going to go in because of the imprint he had on the business. You know, the Ultimate Warrior sued Vince McMahon for 15 years, and they went back and forth a defamation of character battles and everything, but, you know, Vince never burns a bridge. He yeah. won it. I think that the difference, I would say, between the Benoit situation and I think I'm with you that Benoit has had a Hall of Fame career. That's I don't yeah. think anybody can argue that. Right. I think that when you think about Benoit going in compared to some of the, these guys, is that these guys face inner demons that essentially, you know, affected themselves, and it's like you know you can look at that and be like they suffered, the business took a toll on them, they self medicated, they did all of this stuff, yeah. and it led them to unfortunately an early demise. Yeah. And so you feel in a way you. You feel a sense of of empathy and sympathy for these people because of all the stuff they had to go through and they're like putting their body through this stuff and the fact that yeah. they felt like they had to turn to these other demons to help them and they passed away. Okay. So you get this feeling like, man, I feel sorry for them. I think the difference with Benoit is that because Benoit's demons led him to take stuff out on his wife and his child yeah you that that most people lack all empathy for that yeah and there's there hasn't been enough evidence to show that benoit was severely impacted by something that led him to do this like there there wasn't no evidence to lead people to be like oh you know what he was schizophrenic or he was this it was like it, it was like no he knew and did what he did even though he put his body through stuff, and I, I think they did, you know, they, they, he might have had concussions and stuff like this, right? Mm-hmm. He still was, like, very much aware of what he was doing because then people think to themselves were like, you know, there's been a bunch of other wrestlers that have had concussions and they haven't, like, done this thing. And so I think that that is what will keep WWE from ever putting him in is because essentially they're going to come across as looking like you're glorifying a man that committed a double murder. Yeah. And most people just can't, they can't empathize. Triple and killed himself too. I mean. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a double murder and super suicide. Suicide, yeah. So, and I think that that's what's going to always keep WWE on the fence. I agree with you. The man had a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. um, But I also understand why WWE would be reluctant in including him in the Hall of Fame. Because would they? Okay. I feel you. Yeah. And this is this is going to be a controversial topic for a yeah, long yeah, time. Yeah, of but, course. And you know, and that's one reason that I'm thinking that 
the Vince might, you know, because controversy creates cash. Eric Bischoff said this a long time ago. I don't know if they'd make this a headlining thing where they would have somebody in Benoit's family, like, come up and give a speech or something like that. Maybe. Maybe. You know how the WWE, once a year, they do the uh, the Legacy Hall of Fame where they put in people that are alive or dead, but they don't have them come up to the podium. They don't make a speech. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Could Chris Benoit get recognition in his professional wrestling career as that? Like, if they're playing this video package and they say, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. Chris Benoit, you know, and maybe even they justify and said, even though the, the end of his life, you know, you know, created certain, you know, negative Whatever, however they spin it, you know, Chris exactly what you just said. Chris Benoit's professional wrestling career, you know, could be this, could be that. You know, what do you what do you think? I mean, at, at least that because they've been they excluded him from everything for a long time. Chris Benoit, his name, yeah. his likeness, they weren't playing matches with him in it. Now they're at least back to the point where if his match was a part of a pay per view or a different type of storyline, um, they're. You know, they're showing it. They're not giving any extra juice to it. It's not like they're doing a WWE 24 on it, but they're at least letting it go. You know what I mean? So at least that recognition for the for the professional wrestling career. I am not downplaying the end of his life. It was terrible. It was ridiculous. Ter- terrible. You know, took his, took his wife, took his son, took himself. Horrible. Bad. But as far as professional wrestling legacy goes, give... The career, not him, not the person. Give the career at least that one 15-second clip in the Legacy Hall of Fame that just says, you know, the professional wrestling legacy of Chris Benoit, you know, was an impact. I, I, I get, I agree with you. I think I, I agree with you in the sense that this is a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, it is a hard topic because the the part that I'm saying I agree with you on is that. We both agree that this man's career is Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is trying to separate the 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 career from the tragedy yeah. that that happened in his in his personal life. Yeah. And if that's possible, and I, I think that I, <laughs> it's like the the problem is it's like like I, I, that's why I keep going back to like the whole empathy empathy thing and, and people sympathizing. It's like yeah. There's no there's no redemption arc in Chris Benoit's story. I gotcha. When you look at Eddie Guerrero, got himself clean. He got himself clean, unfortunately passed away. That's the redemptive arc. And then even a part of being put in the Hall of Fame is the redemptive arc. It's like the completion of the Eddie Guerrero saga. Gotcha. You know, same thing with uh like Xbox is still alive, but yeah. like Xbox got himself clean, you know, he redeemed himself doing good. Scott Hall, we've seen it, you know, British border, you know, these redemptive arcs, but it's like with Ben Wise, like there is no redemptive arc. There's no there's nothing that can be done. It's like I think that that's always gonna be the issue. I think that the best honor at this point that Chris Ben can get is the fact that you can go back and literally watch all of Chris Ben Wise matches mm-hmm. and his history. It is kind of, in a sense, immortalized as WWE uses that word in the network in the library of WWE. Because the the honest truth is that they could have cut out all of Chris Benoit stuff. Yeah, they could have. They really could have, and they did for a while. They, right, cor- correct. So I think that them opening that library back up of Benoit matches and allowing people to go back and continue seeing his work, to me, that is probably the best honor that I think Chris Benoit will get. Um. 
I to this point. Yeah. I feel you, and that that is more than I ever expected. You know what I yeah. mean? I I could totally understand why they would cut him out completely. You know, forever. You know, there's a Royal Rumble that he won. There's a WrestleMania main event that he won. Um, you know, but they are at least letting that play, and it's not like they're changing anything like the commentary it's not like they're prefacing with, with with anything about the end of his life so they're they are completely separating it they're, yeah. they're taking it all the part of the professional wrestling career that was long before that that's what they're letting play on the network and that's it and it's just a part of something else it's not like the chris benoit story or whatever so i, I feel you that's good um maybe one day they'll they'll do something more with it maybe not if they don't that's okay i'm gonna go back to the library of chris benoit yeah um so what we're going to do to wrap up two segments of the podcast today, not three, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give a shout out to uh, all of the people who have uh, been through our podcast. Um, I'm, I'm apologizing if I'm missing anybody because we have talked to a lot of people in a lot of different ways over the past four years, but I'm just going to go down uh, the list. I think I tagged a lot of people on the Facebook post. Uh, and now we're actually going to talk to, for a couple of minutes, uh, Michael Spedden, who is uh, is an actor, he's a singer, um, he's been with us before, and he runs his own podcast and uh, Foul Players Radio. So let's just see. Uh, let me go down the list here. I do have, um, you know, of course, Jamie Jason and CM Funk, you know, Corey Berger, the B-E-R-G-E-R. Uh, we appreciate him very much. Uh, Siler, you know, uh, we, we talked to him during the Royal Rumble, you know, Dominic. That's, that's pretty awesome. And I hope he's been at the beginning of his professional wrestling, wrestling career. I hope that's all going, going to happen uh, very well for him. Vinny Versace. Uh, we've definitely talked to him in the past. Um, going down the list even further, Jimmy Fitzpatrick. My God, what a fantastic yeah. actor. And, uh, <laughs> he was sitting right here with us and telling us stories from the 70s. I mean, that was great. Uh, and a good friend of ours, Jimmy Jimmy Fitzpatrick. Michael Spedden, of course, that we were just talking about. Um, Kurt, uh, you know, our drummer from uh, the uh, Pearl Jam cover band, you know, he was here, you know, MCW Pro Wrestling, Kurt Spies, you know, he was here as well. Um, and that's, uh, you know, shout out to him as well. Um, you know, we go back even further. There's a whole lot of episodes that we're just going back further. Mike Malillo, you know, he's a, on another one. He was a uh, actor, singer, um, you know, fantastic guy. Went through heart surgery, you know, and he's still doing okay. My God. Yeah. Doing all right. You know what I'm saying? Um, so we also talked about, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Matt Temby. Oh, my God. You know, we've talked Matt. to him several times. Yeah, man. What, we need to talk to him, I think, gotta, next time. Yeah, we got to get Matt What are we doing line. during you the quarantine? Exactly. Matter of fact, man, I'm so glad you brought that up. I'm, Write that down. Yeah, I'm, I'm writing that down. I'm reaching out to Matt because last time we had uh, Samantha Brooks on here talking about fitness. We need to talk to Matt about quarantine fitness. Yeah, shout out to Sam and shout out to uh, Matt Temby and we need to talk to them about, you know, what how y'all exercising, how y'all keeping your mind straight, your body straight, what y'all eating. Yeah, and I want to talk to Matt anyway, you know, cuz uh um, you know, Matt, we know from last time he opened up a gym, so it's like how sure things did. going when, you know, when the gym is closed and like how are you still, you know. He's a business owner. Plus, I think yeah. he was affiliated with Target, which is one of the, you know, they're yeah. they're going strong right yeah. now, yeah. stronger than ever. Yeah. Um, so definitely want to talk to Matt Temby. So you're glad I brought that up. And then we, we've talked about all the WWE pay-per-views. We've talked about, you know, we went on tangents about sports, about movies, about all kinds of stuff that I can see in here. Um, you know, we talked to Brian S. Gamble behind the behind storm. Behind the storm. So, so one many of the times. biggest podcasts that we have. Still, uh, probably the longest podcast we've ever had. Three hours yeah, plus. Behind the uh, storm. Where he, went, he took an upper decker in the toilet. And, uh, <laughs> That's a um, Hall of Fame podcast right there. It is a Hall of Fame podcast right there. Um, and, you know, we uh, shout out to Brian. You know, again, he and I have been partners and 
uh, working together and uh, against each other sometimes on screen or on video. But, uh, you know, I, he's always brought me in and I've been, I, I've always been a big fan of him. So shout out to Brian. You know, thank you so much for everything that you've done. Um, and uh, EWA Rage in the Cage. We, we've had a whole like, couple years segments of EWA Pro Wrestling. Oh, yeah, here. man. My yes. God. Yeah, so many EWA uh, superstars and podcast base. Yes. And hopefully, you know, they were about to have a show as well uh, in their spring show um, and their Sweet 16 tournament. And then, of course, this all happened. So, you know, shout out to all those guys and even Jim Christian, the owner, you know, still going strong. Uh, so hopefully they come back strong as well as uh, MCW coming back strong uh, after this is all said and done. Um, Bruce Delaney, you know, we had our referees podcast. We had Bruce Delaney. We had Zach Carlucci. Um, we had, um, you know, uh, our big Amish ref from EWA. He actually got rid of the uh, entire beard, so it's very interesting. Um, Bill, so, uh, you know, shout out to him, too. There's Matt Temby again. You know, so we talked to him several times. Joe Grasso, uh, absolutely. We're going to do it. Um, we're going to get Mike. Uh, we're going to get Michael Spedden on the phone uh, very quickly. SWO superstars we talked to. Um, Evan Atlas. Um, you know we talked to uh, Chris Lynn. You know all, all kinds of stuff. Sean Cannon. Uh, Steve Diaz. I'm going to get back to this list in a minute. Let's just remember Steve Diaz because I want to go back to that list. Let's call. Let's call Mike up and uh, get him on the phone just for a couple minutes here as we finish up. Here we go. Let's see. Hey, Mike. Michael Spedden, what the heck is going on with you, man? Oh, geez. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in isolation, as we all know. <laughs> um, but I've been busy working with other things to keep myself occupied. You know, fortunately, I have my day job, which, you know, considered essential, and I can telecommute. But um, I've been doing a lot of podcasting, too. Uh, just, you know, beefing up the episodes of Foul Players Radio and, uh, talking to people, checking out other people's performances online, and, you know, just keeping myself busy and upbeat that way, trying to spread good cheer, you know? Absolutely, and that's what I was going to ask you about. I mean, you, uh, you know, we, we've done the course of the Chesapeake singing. Of course, that was all, uh, you know, changed, and that's going to be changing because that's a lot of, uh, you know, people that are in, in uh, second and third stages of their life singing right next to each other, um, yeah. you know, and uh, doing all conventions and everything, so that's going to change dramatically over time but uh you know i can't wait to get back to singing again but we can all sing even when we're quarantined um yeah i wanted to ask you you were running back and forth to new york like every other week doing some kind of an audition or anything like that are you healthy are you okay oh i'm fine i'm perfectly fine and i know Um, you were going through some medical stuff last year too so are you feeling all right Oh, yeah, yeah, perfectly fine, perfectly fine. I'm staying quarantined and listening to what they tell me to do. You know, I'm staying in the house, not going out, um, using my mask whenever I go into public. Um, Really, all I've been doing is just going to the grocery store for our essentials and um, staying away from everybody and, you know, washing, you know, changing my clothes as soon as I come in and, you know, just doing the things they tell you to do to keep this virus at bay, and that's really... uh, you know, all we can do right now. Absolutely. Um, but New York, I mean, New York's completely shut down. Um, the only thing that we're really able to do right now, as far as that goes, is um, auditioning by film. Um, you can film yourself at home and send your audition in that way. You know, fortunately, you know, my wife is also an actress, and she and I, uh, well, whenever we get an audition request, we're able to film each other at home and read for each other and, um, 
we've had our uh, acting coaches uh, available by Skype and by other means to, uh, you know, uh, be able to uh, you know, work with us and everything. So, uh, you know, here's the modern technology, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, Big Ugly, we, we were just talking about this, you know, how things are changing, you know, then technology is, uh, you know, for an actor like Mike here and, uh, you know, going out on auditions, it's completely different now. Yeah, I mean, it's completely, I mean, and then when you think about, like, Hollywood's completely shut down right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes. I love going to the movies. I can't go to the movies. <laughs> I, like, my life is almost over. So, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Um, and uh, what we're going to do is uh, I think we're going to follow up um, – you know, on, on, maybe even on your podcast, if you'd like to have us on or have me on, you know, let me know. You know, give me a call. Oh, we can, absolutely. We can absolutely. do it. But um, this yeah, podcast. Yeah, that happen um, whenever you like. Yeah, you, you want, just. I'd uh, love to have you guys on. Yeah, we'll talk about that offline. But uh, today, what we're doing is we've gotten uh, we've gotten some people from our past, you know, on here, and we're just taking uh, some sound bites from people. And uh, you know, we, we we could have a whole podcast about Michael Spedding. We still will. You're on our list. We're going to do it again. Sure, um, sure. But sure. Um, you know, definitely, I want to just uh, impress upon you the uh, the importance of. Staying busy, staying strong. Don't forget who you are. Don't lose who you are, because um, uh-huh. uh, especially with entertainment, you know, this that's a lot of things that uh, we all like to do: podcasting, um, yes. movies, music, even professional wrestling that we're talking about. We want to impress upon everybody who's uh, listening to our show, listening to your show. Um, don't ever stop. Don't ever give up. Don't ever right, right. lose yourself because a lot of people are going a little crazy now from the quarantine, uh, you know, trying to figure out, you know, a lot, a lot of people paychecks are changing. A lot of people's lives are changing. But uh, uh, that awful? it's ex- extremely awful. But uh, if we can get um, one qu- one quick thing out of you here, Mike, and then uh, we'll let you go. But, uh, you know, just let how are you, you know, how do you say stick with what you're doing? Because you're still auditioning. You're still working. You're still keeping the faith. What are you doing to keep all that alive? Um, um- Actually, I mean, I'm always just kind of a naturally optimistic person anyhow. You know, I'm always like a glass half full kind of guy. And um, I'm just, you know, just doing everything I can do to look, try to look past this and look forward to the future. And uh, that's really all any of us can do. You know, um, there, there are going to be hardships. There are going to be um, changes in our lives. You know, some of these things may be permanent changes or long-term changes. Um, but you just got to remember that, you know, even as bad as things get, there's going to be a time when things get better. And we just got to focus on that. You know, people are, uh, that's all we can really do. Just focus on, you know, getting better. All of us doing our parts to, you know, contain and stop the spread of this awful disease. And um, that's really all we can do. Amen. That's really all we can do. Just worry about the things that you can control that the things that are out of your control, there's nothing you can do about anyway. So that's kind of what's been keeping my head going, you know. I like it. Well, Mike, uh, I appreciate you taking a few minutes out. Tell us uh, one more time. I know you've told us on other podcasts, but um, tell us where we can find you, where we can find your podcast, and how we can follow you. Okay. Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Michael Spedden. Uh, you'll see me and my uh, me and my uh, beautiful face. Uh <laughs> It was my profile picture is Michael Spedden. Um, you can also follow uh, foulplayersofperryville.com. Of course, there's not a lot of news there right now because we're pretty much shut down um, as far as being able to perform. But as soon as we are able to perform, um, 
we'll be able to put the uh, uh, dates up there and you'll be able to you know, come see us. And then also, um, we have our uh, Buzzsprout site for our site. It's http foulplayersradio.buzzsprout.com and you can find the podcast there and um, you know check it out there's all kinds of great episodes I've had a lot of good people on lately um, I've had Mike as my guest a few times you know, right. talked about your favorite horror movies and your <laughs> wrestling yeah. and, um, wrestling. and I've got to get a hold of Big Ugly and have him speak to me on my podcast oh man I'll be honored yeah yeah, yeah that'll be great you know, it'll be great and um you know, so, and I've had some good episodes. I've had some um, people from my past lately, um, some guys in bands that I used to you know, do shows with years ago. Um, I had um, one fellow, Robert Lovett, who's one of my performers, who was Stu Kerr's puppeteer on a couple of the kids' shows that were on in Baltimore years ago. Yeah. Um, Michelle Wojciechowski, who's always hilarious. She's a local author. Um Jordan Friend from 4615 Theater. So there's a lot of good episodes there. Um, again, and if you're a performer, look me up. I'd love to have you on. You know, I, I want to hear everybody's story. There you Hearing go. Stories is a fun way, to, a fun thing to do, and something that's uh, great to do during quarantine. You got it. Well, I'll tell you, Mike. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, you know, we we could this conversation could go on a long time, but uh, we're just uh, we're just going to try to get as much in in this episode as uh, we'll touch base offline. So I'd love to be on your show, and uh, we'll sure. we'll make sure to Big Ugly exchange yeah. some information. We got to get you on as well, and uh, got to get you as a front man talking Big Ugly. Yeah, I, know I know you yeah. take let me take the lead, but we got to get you talking, man. It's hard. Right. I don't mind. Yeah, I know. But uh, Mike, thank you so much. You stay safe. Sure. You stay healthy. Um, you know, best to everybody, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Keep the arts alive, and we will talk to you very soon. Okay. You guys too. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thank buddy. You. All right. Man, I said we could take a whole podcast and just yeah, you know, I go go through the entire phone list and just t- talk to people. Yeah. Um, more. Well, you know, let's wrap this up. I know we're going to take it home here. A couple more shout outs. I'm just going down the list, and again, I apologize if I mean anybody, uh, miss anybody. Diaz. Um, you know, we had our great 50th celebration right here at the mansion, where we had a whole bunch of us. Social distancing was not an issue at then, <laughs> um, but everybody yeah. calling in and 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 uh, doing live video and everything. That was awesome. Uh, Mason Walls. Uh, we definitely had Dr. D, you know, the doc. That, yeah. that was in your neck of the woods. We yeah, had that. Um, that was right, the 2.0. We had Jesse O'Ryan. Can't yeah. forget Jesse. Todd Edwards, who's a SWO announcer. Corey Bush, the weight of the world. Um, you know, uh, SWO owner Reverend Ace Dallas has been on here with us before. The Dark Horse is always, Dark Horse, uh, yeah. oh, man, a couple times yeah. on here. Uh, they're my boys. They're my a boys. Couple run-ins. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of run ins. You got it. Ray Chase, uh, Chase Rawlings uh, definitely was on here with us. Um, Matt Temby again. Good Lord, we talked to him a lot, haven't we? Um, TJ Sykes, Tiberius, you know, he's, uh, we've had some history right there. Definitely have him. And, and uh, you know, we talked about all kinds of things. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, there we go. Um, Jess Law from SWO. I was our first female professional wrestling guest, I think it was. Uh, other than we've had female guests before, but she was actually, she's, she's a wrestler. Um, we had, um, oh, damn, Sizzlin' Stan Styles. That was a PG-13, NC-17 podcast. Um, 
My goodness, Chris Burns, wherever he is, lost in the mansion. Yeah. You know, he's around. Joe Clunk, we've had yeah. on a couple times. Jason uh, Drake and Rabbit Rizzo. That's right, Jason Drake and Rabbit Rizzo a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Vinny Versace a couple times. State of Indie Wrestling. Um, we talked about we had the Midget Show and we talked about Midget Mania. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, well we've done a lot here. Duran J, yeah. you know. Um, you know, talk about the show, Mr. Jones, my God. Uh, Jesse O'Ryan again. Uh, Jason Drake, you just talked about. And the Rabbit Rizzo. Hashtag Pat Anthony. Uh, we're just shouting out to everybody here. We had the 25th episode. We had uh, TJ Sykes again. Um, Tiberius. Apollo Cruz, the baddest man yeah. in Maryland. Um, you know, Jam and Jason, of course. Joey Badami. A long time been talked to him. Violet. The uh, the king of the queen of social man, you media. You get to some early episodes. I'm here, really man. going back. Good I said we've been around four yeah. years. Corey Berger several times. Matt Temby for the fourth time. Yeah. TJ again. Uh, Hamden Hammer. Bill Ward. Bill you Ward, know, shout yeah. out to him. Absolutely. JT Moore, who's gotten his ass kicked in every part of independent wrestling that we can think of. <laughs> but I love JT. Uh, he is awesome. Yeah. I love JT. Um, Desert Storm, Apollo Cruz, Mr. Jones, Jason Drake, uh, Corey Bush. I mean, we've had a lot of uh, repeat guests. Rayburn from way back in the day, from ACW days. Wes Mercer, the cruiserweight of all yeah. time. The only four-time cruiserweight champion. You know, uh, you know, Adam Cole may have been the cruiserweight champion of EWA, but Wes Mercer, four-time. Unbelievable. Um, sh- shout out to all these people. Uh, Pat Anthony again, hashtag Jason Drake, Mr. Rizzo, Apollo Cruz back in, uh, you know, Ray C. Hawkins, I think, we the first time that we had a special on the first SoundCloud podcast, Ray C. Hawkins actually called in and we had the gun show, both of them on here. The gun show, yeah. So... That is just a rundown, and again, I apologize if I missed anybody because we've talked to many people over the years. Thank you so much. Um, that's just the beginning. We're not going anywhere. We're expanding. We're going to take this uh, social media distancing, and we're going to we're going to do something with it. Big Ugly, what do you have to say about pro wrestling? About all these people that have been on our podcast? About our podcast in general? What are your takeaways? Uh, for, for, for today. Man, pretty much, um, you know, just uh, always enjoy the podcast. Thank you to all the listeners that have stuck with us for 81 episodes here, spanning over four years. Um, and, I mean, I think that wrestling is in a... It's in a good place and a not-so-good place at the same time. Obviously, not-so-good place when it comes to, like, profiting and especially on the indie scenes, just people being able to perform in general. But I do think that it is forcing people like the WWE and AEW to get more creative with the way that things are being done. And that's where I think that we're getting in these like cinematic type of matches, which I think are pretty cool. Um, and of course they're kind of expanding on, you know, TNA, which was like the first one to do that really good one with, uh, at the Hardy compound. Yeah. The final deletion. The final deletion. Correct. So I do think it's that, but, um, you know, I'm still excited for when things start to get back to normal, we can start getting back out to the shows and start getting to some regular wrestling programming absolutely and uh it's great that uh you know we i think we all agree it's not essential but you know it's still giving us what we're talking about and we appreciate it so it's a we're 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 essential 
That's what we are. The Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast is essential because we can do it uh, with all this technology. And thanks thanks to Michael Spedden as well for joining us. We'll be back with episode 82 in a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about Money in the Bank, how that all went down, what the state of uh, the state of the state is, what the state of the world is, and maybe by then we'll be starting stage one of recovery and getting back out and small businesses can reopen and uh, people can get back to work and we can just we can just enjoy. Um, so thank you, Big Ugly, for joining us. Thank you to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling all over iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Three, two, one, deuces. deuces. And we out.